on episode 59 of Pixel Gaiden. Cody discusses starting out with Pika Weight games. We discuss six good spin-off games. Another box from the future was 8-bit. Eric and Yoshi have an affair. What does a GoPro and an Elgato have in common? Do you mobile game bro? Tim finally bought a green box. We have a self-indulgent game show. And more light summer beers. It's the magical end of yeah. May. Yeah, May. <laughs> I had to run through it in my mind. End it of is, May. Uh, it is May 30th, apparently, today. Yeah. Um, thank you, listeners, for joining in. If it's your first time listening, you've done well. Yeah, you've done very well. Uh, you found the world's greatest podcast. Number four. Number four. Denmark video game podcast. Well, no, no, no. Outsell us. We are number six. Oh, was this number six? Soon to, be, uh, soon to be number four, though. Yeah, we're fighting for number four position. We are all about cornering that Denmark video game podcast mm-hmm. crowd. Yeah. Um, my name is Cody Hoffman. I am Eric Nelson. And we are your hosts for this adventure through retro video game and retro-inspired video game talk today. Yes, we are. Uh, we are part of the Amigos Network, so just make sure you guys know that also includes shows such as Amigos, Everything Amiga, mm-hmm. ARG Presents, Sprite Castle... R. Sinclair, The Coco Show, and 1200XL, uh, of which we are the only one that talk about games after, like, the mid-90s. Exactly. We talk about the old stuff, too. Don't get me wrong, but... Do you know that the Amigos are approaching their 300th episode? They're going to have a special... Actually, at this point, they're probably one... They're one away, because they did come out with a new one. Uh, Well, then, at this point, the 30th, Eric... Yeah. It's probably happened. It's probably happened, yeah. So, go check out the big bash they did on their show. Yeah, 300? That's impressive. That is impressive. Yeah, because this is 59 for us, right? This is 59. Now, what's exciting to me about that, Eric... Yeah, yeah. ...is that one of the first podcasts I started listening to was Bright Castle. Yeah, me too. Rob is also on episode 59. Oh. Mm -hmm. We've caught up. Mm -hmm. We've caught up. Just saying. Just saying. But he has a bunch of other podcasts. (laughs) <laughs> Check them all out. You don't know Flack and multiple other ones. Yeah. Um, on the show, Eric, mm-hmm. we are going to be uh, catching up with our buddy Tim from Over the Pond. I'm eager to hear what he's got to say. We are going to, of course, have a game show, which I'm very excited about. Tim is hosting that one. Yep. So it's bound to be UK-centric and very difficult. <laughs> and probably pitting us against each other. Yeah, probably. Um we are also going to hear my segment on the Pico 8 and which games you should play once you uh, download that. And we've or... got a lot of feedback about Pico 8. We People encourage us to do more, and it is retro-inspired, and it's excellent, so I'm eager to hear this. And a fun thing, fun fact about that, I mentioned on the last episode, mm-hmm. I got a bunch of gear yes. uh, t- so I can start doing some YouTube stuff. Which I, I, I'm looking forward to because I'm, I, I just, I've had such a hard time doing videos. 
I really want to. I'm I'm eager to see how how you do it because I need to learn from you and Tim how to do this right. Well, I have not done it yet, so don't learn yeah. from anything. You've done more than I have. Well, yeah. Um, but I did have a major in TV and video production, but things have changed in the last 15 years, Eric. Yeah. So I'm going to learn all over again. Uh, and the Pico 8 segment I do here on the podcast will also be available in video form. If I if all things go correctly, if all good things, if all go, things well. go correctly, if everything goes smoothly, yeah, I understand uh, that. But we do have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. so check us out the Pixel Guide N YouTube channel, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we'll give you more show information in just a bit. But first, we want to jump right into some video game talk, Eric. And how do we typically do that? With some quick questions. Quick questions. You want to start off with Tim's here? Let's do sure that. Sure thing. Tim asks, do you use cell mobile phones for gaming these days? If so, what are you currently playing? I'm going to let you start because I, I kind of know the answer to this because you've mentioned it on the show a couple of times. Ooh, I hope you know. You, you, apparently, you know the answer better than I do because at this particular point, I really don't have any mobile gaming going on. Right. But in the past, you have, right? In the past, I absolutely have. Yeah, because I know you've brought up a number of the like six good games. I remember you've had a couple of mobile games. Yes. Yes, I absolutely have. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of good ones out there. They're hard to f- sift through the garbage mm-hmm. to find. Yeah, a lot of them are pay-to-play. Um, a lot of them are just kind of uh, kind of schlocky games, for lack of a better term. Yeah. I mean, um, it is hard to find the, the jewels in there. I've I mean, go ahead. I want you to answer this first. So, I mean, that, what, unfortunately, what was the last game you? What was the last big game you played and enjoyed on mobile? Um, I, 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 so the last one I I played and enjoyed after we had a recent episode a couple months ago about golf games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I covered stick golf. That's right. I remember that. And there's been three of them so far. Actually, and there might be a fourth one. I don't know. Yeah, they're hilarious and fun, mm-hmm. and they're perfect for what they are. Yeah. The controls are perfect for playing on a phone. Mm-hmm. They can't be games that have, you know, a, a fake controller somehow built into the screen because that doesn't work for me. Right. Uh, but Stickman Golf is absolutely awesome. Little side scrolling or side, uh, side on golf, almost worms or artillery, but built into a golf game. Yeah. And it's awesome. So that's probably the most recent game I've played. Okay. Um, and I do love them, but at this point. Life is so busy, and when I get home, I have plenty of, like, real, no offense, real games. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the mobile games that I would love to play on my phone have now been ported to things like the Switch for a very small price. That's true. It's a very good point. And I would always rather play... There are some great games that are pay-to-play. Mm-hmm. You know, play, you know whatever you... Click on the ad, watch this, do this garbage, which I can't stand. Me either. And I always said if I could just pay five, ten bucks and buy the whole game outright, I would. Mm-hmm. And on the Switch and Steam, they do that now. Yeah. So that's what I, I love playing them on that. Yep. Yep. What is your answer, Eric? So for me, when my kids were younger, they always wanted, when we were waiting somewhere, like waiting for someone to get out of school or doing whatever, and then we were sitting in the car, they would always want to play games on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I had a rule because my phone is important to me for work. I my It's the lifeblood of my business <laughs> is like getting people to call in. So I never had games on my phone because I didn't want my phone to get damaged and broken by the kids playing on it. And I wasn't that interested in playing on that screen, that kind of screen. So for the longest time, I did not play games on my phone, period. I dabbled in like emulators here and there, but I just didn't play any games. So the funny thing is I put this in my bag 
Because Gakagami, you remember him? Yeah, yeah. My old Uya buddy that I I interviewed on the show. Absolutely. Not that long ago. Interact with him on the uh, Twitters. Yep. Him and this other guy that's on uh, Twitter, I think his name's, um, I don't remember what he goes by, Lex Luthor or something like that. And there's another guy named Social Gamer. Okay. They were talking about making your, your Android phone into like a little gaming machine. Okay. And so... I went and bought this. This was $17, and I threw this in my bag. I don't have this anywhere else in my notes or anything. I'm not going to bring it up again, but now that Tim mentioned it, so this plugs into your phone. Okay. Your Android phone plugs into my phone. Uh And then on the other end of that is an HDMI. And it literally, for, for most modern Android systems, an Android 10 or 11, it will... Turn your Android phone into a desktop computer, and it look it changes the screen completely into basically an operating system. You see, you see icons on the screen, and what you, on Earth. And if you look at that, there's USB ports on there. Yeah, you got a 2.0, a 3.0. You've got an yep, uh, a power adapter, like USB C connector for yep. power. You've got HDMI out. So if you plug in, I have a little dongle for a wireless uh, keyboard and mouse. You plug that in, boom! You have keyboard and mouse for your phone. And 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 you can launch Word or Twitter or whatever, and you can do whatever you want, and multi multi window too. So you can open up Twitter and Word at the same time, and do it's basically a little computer. And then the cool thing is to on the other USB port, boom, Xbox USB joypad, and you can play all sorts of games for Android and use um, a wireless controller and do them right on your TV screen. Oh, that's crazy. And, I mean, the way the, the, the newer Snapdragon chips, the games are crazy. The games are like Call of Duty really? level games. So, I mean, the graphics are amazing on this new generation of games. So it's funny that Tim mentioned. But it's still this. pay to play, so enjoy that. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I haven't, I haven't dove into it. I've been using that for work. So like, really quick, this device mm-hmm. you have not named it. I have not named it. Can you can you pronounce that? QGM. So that's the first time you've actually read the name of the item you bought. Yeah, I just bought it on Amazon. But based QGM. on QGM, their- Q is literally spelled Q G E E. M, yep. but the E's are little. Yeah, and there, there's like 10 different vendors that sell like that same exact device. Okay. Um, it That one was $17, I think, on Amazon. That converts your Android phone into a computer that you can literally run with a keyboard That's and mouse. Crazy. And uh, do whatever you want. Discord, um, email, whatever you want. So I've been finding that I use my phone a lot for work, so this does a ton of that. But it can be used for gaming, and that's what got the guys on Twitter kind of steered me in that direction. That's crazy. So anyway, that's so what a, games? What I haven't gotten into any games yet because I, I just got this about three days ago. <laughs> that was the longest answer to just say, yeah. "No, I'm not playing any games on mobile." Well, I haven't, but I, I do want to. <laughs> I do want to take this into a tangent about another one. Uh, uh, yeah, about three or four months ago, the guys on Amigos. I mean, it was Aaron on. Oh, I'm sorry, on ARG presents. They were one of their topics was mobile games, and Aaron picked a game called Retro Bowl, which is okay. basically managing a football team. Okay, from like very beginning, like a very like low end, low tier football team, and trying to get them to the Super Bowl. Gotcha. But it was a management game, so it really wasn't like there was a little arcade style to it where you can th- pass the ball or hand it off or whatever and, ha- and play the games. But the nuts and bolts of the system, or nuts and bolts of the game, was um, managing the team, like trading players yeah. and doing this and that. It 
that was the last game I played on my phone because once Aaron talked about it, it sounded so interesting and cool. I loaded it and I played it for about a month and loved it. Really? And, and you, then when I and then I got a new never phone. Never told me about it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then after I got a new phone, I never reinstalled it because I just don't play games on my phone right yeah. now. Yeah. But that's kind of where I ended up. Now, but. one thing I learned was that the later versions of Android with the higher end Snapdragons, they have a there's an emulator on there called Redream, which plays Dreamcast games and I guess plays them very wow. well. And if you can plug a controller in, they might be worth playing. Yep. And so I thought about that, even though I have a Dreamcast, I don't need it. But if you can play Dreamcast and N64 games on a phone, that's pretty incredible. That's pretty cool. Anyway, that's my answer. So we're going to move right into the next question here. Are you ready? Yes, I am. This is Eric's question. This is my question. And it, it comes from a commandment. <laughs> I, I, I noticed that. Thou shall covet thy, na- thy co-host's hardware. <laughs> Does a co-host currently have a piece of hardware you wish you could get your hands on or are curious about? I want to hear where you're going with this while I think about this one. Yep. So my answer, obviously, is something I've already ordered but hasn't come in yet. I really want, obviously. I really want the Spectrum Next. Is that, oh, okay. is that yeah, Spectrum yeah. Next? And I have one on order, and I'm really anticipating it. And the funny thing is they came out with a Mr. Core for it. That works great. You can play all the games. It's it's not lacking anything, but I want the actual hardware. The hardware is so cool. It's so gorgeous. I want the real deal with the manual and everything that comes with it. Um, but other than that, I, I think I have just about everything. I mean... I, I can't think of anything really. I mean, I, I really think the, the Amstrad would be really cool, the CPC. Yeah. Um, but other than that... What about um, Tim? What, Tim's got some cool stuff. Tim's got great, great, great stuff. And I don't have a Jag yet, even though... I don't know. <laughs> Hard to covet a Jag, but... <laughs> yeah, you, you guys have like almost dissuaded me from doing that, because I, I don't see any must-have games on it yet. Like yeah, I haven't yeah. seen anything like really that I need. Um, the 3DO is always interesting. I, I kind of I don't have one of those yet, but overall, it's the spectrum. looking around the room here. Yeah, it's the ZX Spectrum next. Really, no. Tim has a lot of great stuff that I that I want, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. What about you? Anything? There's nothing. I don't think there's anything that like jumps out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some things that I am coveting, but you guys do not have them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, there are two things. Uh, I am very interested in one is the CD32. Yeah, yeah. I think that was very cool, and I would love to eventually get one. I love mine. I think it's amazing. Although it's kind of like the Jaguar in the sense that I don't see any very much that's CD32 specific that I can't already play on my 1200. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's a few things. Yeah. A few things. Yeah. Um, but if I had to pick one, I do not have an Atari ST yet. Yeah. And, uh, I'm still, I know there's, you know, everyone, even the even the Atari guys are like, if you're using it for games, the Amiga pretty much has the games plus better versions. Yes, I, and I would agree with that. But I still want the Atari. Yeah. And if I'm going to get one, I'm probably going to have to try to do the right, do it right and do the STE. The STE is the one I have and I love it. And the, the thing is, there are Atari ST exclusive games. Mm-hmm. So you, you'd have to do those. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but there are ones that are worth playing i know what there's a there's a one that i really enjoyed was a game like that was a thrust style game you know where you have a little yeah. rocket ship and it's and that is only on atari st there's a um there's a couple other games that are really good on the st that, that are worth diving into it's a neat system just to even play around with the operating system so it's worth worth having for sure yeah yep 
Cool, cool. All right. Although, okay, if there's one piece of hardware, if this counts, this would be my real answer. Yeah. It's the um, Jaguar SD card that Tim got last episode. That is the item I'm coveting. That counts, yeah. And that that, that is the item I'm coveting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Because I, I have the Jaguar. I have a couple of games. I am just waiting for that thing to unlock the um, the knowledge of what the Jaguar really truly is, including all the CD games. And the funny thing is, before I get one, I kind of want to get that first, believe it or not. Cause, no, that's probably the right way to do it. Well, sorry, the Jaguars keep going up, so you should probably just do it. Just dive in <laughs> but, before it gets ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, that's quick questions. That is quick questions. So I think we need to go ahead and let everybody know how they can get a hold of us, Eric. Let's do it. So, if you want to find show information, you're going to go to pixelguiden.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can reach me, Eric Nelson, at DuhProject, D-U-H Project. You can reach the show at at pixel underscore guiden. You can reach Cody at at oddball, which is O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim at sanction, at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast catcher that you use. That would be really helpful for us. And if you want to email us, you can email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we do encourage feedback. We also have a Patreon account set up. So if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. This month we're doing something interesting because I honestly have no idea what it is, but apparently our British listeners will know it immediately. So let's go ahead and check out those charts. The newcomer at number 40, the handsome 10 minute Amiga Retrocast. Moving up a spot this month and eking out number 39, the aberrant David Modelak. Falling two places in the 38th spot, we have the uncovered Roy Fielding. Boogie Woogie his way up into 37th, it's the Slippery Mr. Toast. In the 36th spot this week, we have the Evanescent Team Grey all the way. A long fall from Grace lands the wasteful Machi Sosnowski in the 35th spot. Keeping it even in the 34th spot, we have the Sticky Paradroid. Out of seemingly nowhere, a newcomer in the 33rd spot, the Jittery Ramoke Ramoke. On his way up for the third week in a row in the 32nd spot, we have the Misty Ant Stiller. With his amazing use of the bass keyboard, the secretive Mitsuyama lands himself up in the 31st spot. Dropping three positions down to the number 30 spot, it's the imaginative Hermski. Love him or hate him, the 29th spot is held by the excellent Citizen. The top of the pops would not be complete without the nutritious Gary Heather in the 28th spot. Up to the 27th spot this month is the alleged Brian Arsenault. Allegedly. The disturbed Henrik Lolofold drops to the 26th spot. With 
with his sextet of flugelhorns, the hellish Dustin Newell rockets his way up into the 25th spot. Calmly edging his way into your heart, the therapeutic Matthew Ackerman in number 24. Working his way to spot number 23, it's the pointless Daniel James. Not to be outdone, eking his way just up to the number 22 spot is the jealous Josh Malone. Landing just shy of the number 20 spot, and number 21 is the penitent Eric Sandgren. And making his way to the number 20 spot, and also playing for us a little later on this evening, the concerned David Vincent. We'll have more of our top 20 right after this. Take it away, Pixel Guide N. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your patronage. And so I hope uh, we used that same uh, bumper last month as well, but hopefully uh, our British friends understand <laughs> what was going on there, because to this point, I still don't. Yeah, I, I didn't understand it, and then I, I think I've made a relationship to an American thing here, and I, I think I understand it, but I'm not sure. Like, what do you call it, Dick Clark? or uh, no, Casey Kasem. Ca- Casey Kasem, Because yeah. when I was a kid, he would always count down the top 10 or 20 songs in the nation. See, when I was younger, uh, they kind of re- rebooted that with uh, Total Request Live with Carson Daly. Yeah, and Carson Daly came out quite a bit later yeah. than Casey Kasem, but I still remember Casey Kasem on the radio. So I, I, I think that's what it is, but I don't know. Anyways, thanks again, David Vincent, for the suggestion. Cool. I'll let, I'll let him know if it goes over well, and if it doesn't, I'll really let him know. Cody Connor! Hey guys, it's Cody here, and uh, you might know if you listen to the Pixel Guide in podcast that in the past I've done some segments called the first $100, where I decide what I would do with my first $100 after I bought a brand new system with no games. So basically taking into uh, conser- consideration the amount of money games cost at that point in time, um, and how much bang for your buck, how much experience you can get out of that $100 in just buying physical games for your system. This month is a little different. This month, I decided I wanted to really highlight what games you need to start out with when you first download and or install and or just play Pico 8. Um, If you guys are in the know, Pico 8 is a fantasy console, essentially encouraging programmers to use a very limited programming uh, set of tools, if you will, system limitations, in order to see how creative people can get and make really cool games and really cool games they did make um these are completely free so as you can tell my first 100 dollars concept is out the window but i do want to say there are plenty of games that i think you should start out with when first exploring this console so that's what i'm going to do here today uh what you might notice is i like to play my pico 8 games on what I like to call a standalone device. Really, it's just a uh, Raspberry Pi 400 computer, which is this beautiful little wedge-based uh, white keyboard computer here in front of me. And uh, I solely use this uh, for Pico 8 games when I'm not using it um, with a different memory card in it, which is the card I use for my RetroPie emulation-based systems. So nonetheless, when you load this bad boy up, you get a nice little uh, intro screen here. It's like a little DOS prompt looking thing. And typically you're going to want to type in Splore. That's S-P-L-O-R-E, which allows you to explore the Pico 8 library. Now this has to be connected completely to the internet at all times. 
in order to uh, to explore, if you will. However, if you do want to download images uh, for these games, you can do that and physically put them on the card. It's interesting because they are they do show up as a image file, um, but they are indeed a full game. Now, let's go ahead and dig into the games. There's a little of everything on this console, or fantasy console, I should say. So let's go ahead and start with a kind of one of the easier genres, one that I love very much, and that is shmups. A uh, couple ones I want to note here. First, let's go ahead and start off with a, a newer one here called Hybris. Now, this Hybris game is very cool. It essentially is four levels here. Um, you could uh, go ahead and pick which of these awesome-looking levels, which are like the interior of a human body. Um, it's kind of like that uh, that movie Fantastic Voyage from the old days or, or Inner Space from the 80s, right? Um, and you hop in, and you're basically fighting off these, I don't know, viruses or something within different muscle tissues or lung tissue or whatever. Very cool little game. You can see it's kind of unique here, uh, kind of a single-screen shooter. Um, but I love that there's multiple levels to choose from and blast your way through. I would also uh, suggest a game called Green Legion. This is a, a game that's been out for quite a few years now. And it is a game that starts out simple enough, and you level up, and when you level up, you get more bullets and more enemies come at you, and you can just keep on playing and playing. Uh, it's really cool because you can get to level 66 or whatever I've gotten to at this point, and uh, you're still working your way up. When you quit the game and come back in later at another time, uh, the game knows, I guess, by reading your IP address, what computer you're playing it on, and it knows where you left off, and it will restart you right there. Very cool use of that. Next up on the list, and the final shmup I'm going to mention tonight, will be a game called Solar Blaster Challenge Stage. Now, this game is not um, like a super impressive feat of programming or anything like that. It is just a very fun, solid, uh, single-screen shooter, kind of like a, you know, like a Galaga or something like that. But what makes it super interesting is that the gameplay is super fast. Uh, as soon as you clear a screen a new wave of enemies comes in, and it's kind of random, so you never know exactly what's coming next. There's also uh, power-ups that fall. You can shoot the power-up to change which which uh, weapon you'll get, if it's a bomb or like a triple shot or a machine gun or something like that. And uh, it just keeps the action fun and fresh, and uh, you get a time limit at the top. So you're trying to work through this as quick as possible, uh, more so than just dodging and staying alive. You're trying to maximize your score. Very fun, very simple, highly recommend. Now let's move on to another style of video game, another staple, if you will, and that is the RPG. Yes, the Pico 8 can RPG, bro. Um, this game is called A Dream's Command. I found about I found out about it pretty recently here and uh, started playing through it. And again, nothing groundbreaking, but it is a cool little, uh, you know, pocket-sized RPG. You start over here in these docks. Um, there's a few NPCs you can talk to, and you're on your way to, uh, you know, starting to do some um, grinding and leveling up. What's really cool about this particular RPG is when you can see the over map, overworld map here, uh, you you uh, have random encounters, and depending on what level you're at, you know, the, the encounters will get uh, more and more difficult, but you'll also gain more and more attacks or spells. And the way that they work is very cool and intriguing. It's not just, um, you know, press A over and over and over again and you attack and they get hit and then they attack you. There's actually, uh, depending on what weapon you use, a certain number of bars 
and in the middle of these little lines that that uh that scroll from left to right, you try to take the marker and match it right to the center by hitting it at the right time. Um, and it's very slow for the easy weapons that do less damage. It's very fast for later weapons. And then there's also more bars, so you have to try to match the uh, the sweet spot, if you will, on multiple bars. And uh, if you can get all of them, it says epic, and uh, you get a big old attack on the enemy. If you only get a couple of them, you get some damage. If you miss on the first try, you don't do any damage, and the enemy hurts you. Um, pretty cool, pretty fun. Uh, simple little RPG for the Pico 8. The next game I'm here to talk about is not an RPG, but more of an action puzzle adventure game. It is called Dank Tomb, and this is probably, to me, the one of the most impressive, most interesting games, um, original game here on the Pico 8 that I've seen. It's actually fairly early on as well, and as you can see here in the video, if you're watching the video, uh, it's a very dark screen, a very dank tomb, if you will, and you're this little Indiana Jones-type adventurer. Uh, you can go through these screens with your uh, lantern out, which allows you to see, you know, like a sphere of light around you. Um, there are uh, caverns or, or spaces in the floor you can jump over. Um, there are walls and doors to, you know, kind of make a sort of a maze, if you will. You find objects. You have to put those objects into different holes uh, to move different platforms around. It's a it's a top-down adventure puzzle game. Um, but it's not a frustrating, impossible puzzle game. It is just a game that you have to kind of figure out the simple puzzles to move on. Uh, I have actually not completed this. I spent a lot of time playing it. Uh, every time I play, I end up playing on a new device, and so I start from the beginning again, but I always have a blast with it. You can see here there's spikes on the floor to avoid. Um, super cool game. I highly recommend Dank Tomb, probably one of my top three favorite games on the Pico 8 platform. Now I want to move on to what I think the Pico 8 does absolutely the best, and that is uh, puzzle games. Now, Eric and I on the show, Pixel Gaiden here, uh, often talk about how we hate puzzle games of a certain genre, but we I, we both like action puzzle games, you know, like Falling Block puzzle games, or uh, match. I like Match 3 puzzle games. And there's a couple of great um, Pico 8 games that people have created that, to my knowledge, are completely original and they're not ports of other games. Uh, the first one I want to talk about here is My Chan's Sweet Buns. Now, this game... That's kind of a silly title here, and you can see it's kind of cutesy. Um, it's kind of a Japanese anime look. This is a brilliant game I put actually many hours into, and I have completed. Uh, very cool game where you have a bunch of food items in a grid, and as you clear items, uh, you know, they, they go off the screen and more items fall from the top. You can see above the screen uh, a hint of what the next item is to come for each column, so you can keep that in mind while you're playing. But essentially what you're doing is you have a deck of cards, and they are random, and they will list a food item. For example, it might be a uh, cinnamon bun, and it will list a number, 2, 3, 1. And uh, by clicking on a row or column of that food in that amount, 2, 3, 1, whatever, it'll clear that off the, sh off the board and then complete your card. Your goal is to go through your entire deck of cards, so you're trying to get rid of the high numbers, your threes, maybe a two. The ones are really there because they're easy. They're there to kind of strategically help you get rid of things. Um, but above and beyond that, if you get a row of four on your board, it clears automatically and you gain a star. And these stars allow you to have superpowers, which might help you to rearrange foods on the map or uh, take one of your cards and change it from a three down to a one 
things like that that might help you. Um, when you complete a level, however, if you have any stars left, they add to your overall score. That score turns into currency, and in between actual matches, you can go to the store and buy a number of things, including new food items. And the ultimate goal of the whole game is to collect all the food items so that you've unlocked everything and you kind of win the game. Um, very cool. The power-ups change based on which food items you use or you pick for your game. Uh, you can start with the original four, or else you can start adding new foods as you go. Um, but it will always be a total of four different food items. Very cool game. Uh, hard to fit into a small segment like this, but highly, highly recommended. This might be my number one game on the Pico 8. So what is another fun uh, strategy puzzle type game original to the Pico 8? Um, there's a number of them, but Eric and I both really enjoyed this one, and it's called High Stakes. And it's kind of a, a, a card, it's shown as a card game, but really what it is, if you've got, you've got uh, a layout here with um, a number of cards uh, up to nine, and then there's one card mixed in there that is the vampire. Um, it's a fun little story where you are basically dead, a vampire has drained you of all your blood, uh, but he decides to be a, a sporting chap and give you 20 milliliters of your blood back in a shot glass, and you can uh, play him in some games of cards to try to win all your blood back, which you must do exponentially. Um, so you try to locate which card is the vampire and click on all the other cards on this map here before clicking on the vampire. If you click the vampire, you lose that hand, and therefore, however many milliliters of blood you currently have bit, um, if you can identify where the vampire is, you can stake him immediately, which gives you a whole bunch of blood back, or you can simply unlock all the cards around him without him, which gives you a good amount of blood back. Um, completing a row or a column will give you a little hint, such as uh, one of these here, where you can place this on a card that you've already flipped over, and it'll tell you the cards completely adjacent to it, whether they are higher or lower than your card. Um, it takes a lot to get used to, uh, but once you got it, it clicks, and it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, pro tip, took me a while to learn this, but there's also a way to cut your losses and finish the hand where you're at. So um, if you're not sure where to go next or not confident, you can go ahead and keep the blood you have for that particular hand and move forward by folding, essentially. Now, here on Pixel Guiden, I've talked time and time again about how I'm not a huge fan of ports. I don't need to see more ports happen. But for whatever reason, in my mind, there's a big difference between a port and a demake. And naturally, if anybody, quote-unquote, ports a game to the Pico 8, it's going to be a demake. And so I love these demakes on the Pico 8. I've got three here to round out my uh, 10 games you must try when you first try the Pico 8. And they are all demakes, or if you want to call them, ports. Uh, the first one I want to bring up here is Pico Pill. Um, of course, this is the uh, the haunting reality that all the games have the word Pico in it. Uh, kind of a pet peeve of mine. But uh, Pico Pill is a Dr. Mario demake. And uh, to be honest, it actually plays exactly like Dr. Mario. Um, very similar. And it probably even looks very much like the Game Boy version, except it doesn't mention any Mario characters. Um, not quite as cute as Dr. Mario. But the gameplay is all here, and if you've ever played Dr. Mario, it is uh, a great game. It's here in spades. You try to get rid of all the viruses inside of this bottle, even though in here it doesn't look as much like a bottle. And uh, matching four colors in a row 
will get rid of the virus, but it's really fun to figure out, hey, if you have two sides of this pill, how can you make it so that connecting four will drop other pills onto other viruses, which can chain to other viruses, and uh, you can get very creative and uniquely um, strategic with this game. Highly recommended. Play some Pico Pill. Uh, This is one I just found out about, and man, they did a great job on this. There's a few downsides, but what we're playing here is Pico Off-Road, which is super off-road, again with the name Pico shoved in the front. Uh, They shoved like all of Off-Road into this cool little D-make. The one major uh, major point of, of contention would be that there is no hit detection, so you're really kind of just racing against ghosts of the other car, if you will. Uh, but if you are looking at this on video, you can see that this is off-road. Uh, the screen just follow does follow your car around. You don't see the entire map at once like you would on off-road just because the resolution of the Pixel 8 Fantasy Console isn't high enough to show all that. But um, And the phys- physics are a little bit different. Uh, but you're playing you know, top-down RC racing cars in the dirt. You're, you get... Um, uh, you get nitro boosts, you have jumps and barriers, you have uh, lakes of water that slow you down, and uh, it's a great game of off-road. You can play a tournament where you have multiple races and you try to come in first, second, third, what as high as you can get up the rankings. Um, great little pocket version of off-road on the Pico 8. So this brings me to my last game, which is another D-Make. And again, amazing how much game you can fit with these limitations. Uh, this game I just found about, uh, found out about, and I have been playing this a lot. And what we have here is a game called Pico Zombie Garden. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast and not watching the video, you might wonder, what is that? Well, it is Plants vs. Zombies is what it is. Um, obviously a very popular computer-based, web-based game, uh, mobile, mobile game, if you will. If you have not played that game, absolutely play it. But the truth is, this uh, this version here has the majority of the gameplay built in. Um, zombies are slowly making their way from the right to the left of the screen. You have um, little drops of sun that are falling from the top, which you collect as currency, and you can use that to plant things in your garden. You can plant flowers, which will make more sun for you. Uh, you can plant weapons, such as the pea shooter here, that uh, will shoot the zombies as they come. Eventually, you unlock other things like double pea shooters or uh, large... Uh, I always call them potatoes, but I guess they're walnuts that the zombies have to bite their way through, which takes time. So they sit there kind of stalled out while your pea shooters are shooting them. And it's a fun little strategy game um, where you're trying to defend your garden versus these zombies. Um, if you haven't played it, you must play it. If you've played a ton of Plants vs. Zombies and wish there was more, this is worth a shot. I mean, it's 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 Plants vs. Zombies, but it's so fun and quirky because they were able to make it work on this little fantasy console here. So that is it for uh, Cody's Corner this month. Uh, thank you for my little experiment here, trying to do some video. I hope it goes well. Um, I hope to do more of these in the future. If you guys have any Pico 8 games that you love... 
I think we need to find a way to start procuring, uh, curating, if you will, a list of these great games. The problem with the Pico 8 setup is that the new stuff is always in the front. Not necessarily um, all the good stuff, but the new stuff is in the front. So there's years and years now of games that are kind of hidden below the surface. And I want some sort of record of what they all are because there's just so much in here. It's hard to sift through all the stuff. Uh, it's fun to sift through the stuff, and I recommend it. But um, if you really want to find a good game that you can sink your teeth into, they're here, but you have to dig. And I would love to find a way to curate those. So place uh, down below in the comments, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, let me know what games on the Pico 8 are worth playing. Or uh, you can always contact us at the uh, Pixel Guide and Podcast information, also shown below or in the uh, show notes here on the podcast. Thank you very much, and I'll catch you guys next month. Uh, Eric, more beer, shall we? Yes, and this one's provided by you. Why don't you tell us what this is? Well, it's a beer. Uh, Elysian. Yeah, it's Elysian. These guys make Space Dust, which is by far the most popular okay. uh, beer. It's an IPA. Yeah. Um, my wife fell in love with one of the beers, so I bought a uh, what I typically try not to do. Mm-hmm. You buy one of those packs that have a bunch of different beers in them from the brewery. Yeah. And they usually take the one popular one, put three of those in there, and then a bunch of garbage. And a bunch of, uh, yeah, exactly. But these all look pretty good, so I thought I'd give it a shot. This okay. one is called the Super Fuzz. Super Fuzz, and it has a guy with sunglasses and a big afro. Uh, yeah, and it looks very uh, 70s psychedelic, but it is a blood orange pale. Yep. That's what they call it. Hmm. So I figured it'd be something, uh, it's got fruit in it. Yep, ale Which brewed it, with blood orange. And it's ale, so it's two things that Eric typically likes. Yeah. So let's see how this little amalgamation of flavors um, makes its marriage in our mouth. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice pour there. And this is the first one tonight that is not a tall boy. Yeah. This is a regular 12-ounce can. Aw, 12-ounce can. <laughs> Put it back on the board, Eric. I pre- I like that sound. <laughs> I, I grew up with the prices right, so that's. The, but this um, the, interesting. So this is going to be the higher alcohol content for the month, six point four. Oh, it's higher than I thought. Okay, it's a little it looks kind of thick. It, 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 it unfiltered, like it's you can't see through it. It's a dark, dark orange. I'm surprised that it's unfiltered. I thought it would be like a pale ale, but hey, yeah. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. <laughs> So the smell, like the smell, I can't even say smell. The smell is uh, smell. <laughs> the smell. It's a. Uh, it's doesn't have much smell to it, to be honest. Less than I thought it would. Well, I took a sip, Eric. I want you to go ahead and take a sip. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> that, that's not foreboding. It's I, some foreshadowing. I was very factual. I don't know yeah. what could be wrong about that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna let you do it. All some. right, go ahead and take a sip, Eric. Interesting. Or not? It's not. Uh, it's not unpleasant. It's not unpleasant, but it's not. What is it? It 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 it's not strong blood orange flavor. So it tastes to me like a pale ale with a little bit of orange flavor in it. That's what it tastes like to me. I mean, there's not a lot of hops. How, which how can I, something taste heavy but non-flavored at the same time? Yeah. So this this it it it's definitely not hoppy like an IPA. That's great because I don't like hoppy beers. Mm-hmm. Um, or overhopped, I should say. I like some hoppy beers, but not overhopped. Um, this one, 
like I said, I expected more of an orange smell from it, but I kind of appreciate that it's not over-flavored with the orange. Um, but you're right, it almost is just like a pale ale with a tight, a, a very slight orange flavor. I'm not, I'm just getting, I don't know. I, 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 I like it. I mean, I, I in general, I, I mean, I, I don't... Interesting. In general, I know we're going to rate it, but do you like it or dislike it? I don't like it. It almost has like an irony flavor to it, It, too. I want to say, and it doesn't sound make it sound a lot worse than it is because it's not bad. And it it tastes like I want to say digestive juices. Digestive? No, there. That's probably the orange because it's acidic, right? Okay. So it's probably a little acidic flavor in there, or acidic. um, I don't want to say texture, but. An, an acidity to it. Let's just say that. Yeah, it's it's hearty and digestive-y. <laughs> digestive-y. <laughs> Which um, is not a raving review, but it's not negative. I will drink it. Yeah. Mm. Um, don't, don't the British call like Man. some kind of cracker or cookie a, a digestive? digestive? Yeah, we, I, we got some of those from Tim about right. a year ago. Yep, sure thing. I, I, I don't hate this at all. Um, I, I In general, if I had to pick like the the hemisphere between liking and disliking. I like it. Um, okay. So let's pick a... Do you want to pick the rating system for this one, or you want me to do it? Go for it. I don't even know where to go with this one. Yep. I'm going to do... Uh, let's do... Um, hmm. the super fuzz guy. Uh, I don't know. Let's do... Uh, he's, he's, hard to, he's hard to figure out. He is hard to figure out. He's a complicated dude. He's got a scarf on, too. It's... On 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 the um, on the scale the scale mm-hmm. between groovy yeah okay <laughs> L- okay then. okay from groovy we're gonna do a pass fail thing here <laughs> no there's different levels in between uh, okay. just how much okay. English language do you know okay groovy to uh, what's a good word for negative in the in the uh, square <laughs> groovy to square. groovy to square I okay. like it yeah okay. where does this where does this land okay from groovy to square um. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to rate it as between groovy and square. I'm going to rate it as hip. Hip? Okay. Yep. It's kind of hip. Yep. It's kind of hip. Oh, man. I think I'm going to go. It's hip to be square. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I don't know what it, where it falls in. Where's the Partridge family at? Oh, man. They would be at a. Uh... They weren't hip. <laughs> they weren't hip. They were hip to the for your parents who were wearing beehives. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna go with a partridge in a square tree. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm gonna go with there. Partridge in a square tree, and I said hip. I'm gonna I'm gonna put right. it on. Uh, I I'm gonna lean towards don't like it. Uh, oh. So. Okay. Partridge in a square tree. All right. Man, are you right. gonna make your well, way through it, or are we gonna oh, abandon yeah, this one? Yeah. Have, have there been any beers we've abandoned? No, we are men. <laughs> Manly men, we're banned in tights, tight tights. Okay, no, we're all right. I'm doing this. All right. Uh, no, we did the howling. I think we did stop in the howling ale. I think that was the one we, the gourd, yeah, the howling gourd. Oh my god, howling gourd. Yeah, that's one. In in real life, have you ever abandoned a beer? No, a, a couple a couple episodes ago, yeah. there was one we drank that I can't remember the name of it. I I actually did not finish that one too. Okay, a couple episodes ago, my wife and I had a Chipotle beer once at a bar off of Fair Oaks Boulevard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, With, uh, like, spice in it? Yep, and yep. We, we were drinking, and we were having fun trying different things, and we tried the Chipotle, 
And we were like, we've had beer with hot peppers in it or whatever. It was undrinkable. I literally had to give it back to the bartender and be like, hey, I, I don't need a refund. I just need you to take this away from me. It's horrible. He was like, sure. Thing. I had one actually from Heretic, believe it or not. Okay. That same thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think we need to go ahead and uh, dial up our buddy Tim. Yeah. Because we've got a whole lot of things to do, including some presents, Eric. Oh, presents. Some presents. And a game show. And a game show. And catching up. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Let me dial him up. All right. <laughs> and we are live after dialing up Tim. Tim, how does it feel to be upside down on the other side of the world right now? It is um, amazing. How are you guys? It's like, you feel like a bat. <laughs> a bat? <laughs> That's how life works, right? Like, you're hanging upside down over there. We, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get the blame for COVID, though. Sorry. <laughs> we are swell. Um, and it looks like both both uh, Pixel Gaiden East and Pixel Gaiden West are experimenting with some video yeah. uh, technology we here. Are. We'll see how this works. So wait, wave to wait, wave to everyone. I'm guys. waving to the good people here. We should tell people who we are. <laughs> my name is Cody Hoffman. My name is Eric Nelson, and my name is Tim Drew. Look at that! Look, we're all here on video. All right, and you you can see. Look, my name is my name is just there. Look, look how that yeah. works. Ours is it's down. Tim. Ours is down below. I can't really point and to up it. Up further there is Pixel Guide. Oh, I'm the wrong way there. There well, we're looking good. this is not terribly exciting for the audio podcast <laughs> no, at this no. point. Let's get going on Apparently the audio Apparently we just flip-flop straight to video and no one needs to know what we're saying. <laughs> um, we are at the point in the show uh, where Eric and I apparently have just cracked our beers. However, in the time it took us to set this all up, we have now finished said beers. Yeah, the beers are empty. Uh, so we'll have to get back more to beer, that. More beer, We'll have to get back to that fairly soon. Yep. Um, but I'm trying to figure out now if it's time. Do we want to roll into a game show? Do we want to catch up, or do we want? Uh, now this is a tough one because Tim, your birthday presents are somewhere down here in a big box, um, right but here. Eric's are also right here, so Eric can open his stuff, and then yours will be shortly. Although with the magic of uh, editing, we'll put it right in the middle of the podcast, so we'll be fine. Is my is my goal? If that okay. makes sense. Okay. If that makes sense. So what are we starting with here? Let's, I'm happy to start with the game show. Yeah. Well, then, Tim, take it away, my friend, because yeah. you are master of ceremonies tonight. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Do you want to yell the, the name and start it? Not, yeah, well, the only thing we might not get is the sound on the game show from your stuff, because I don't think that comes through very well, well on Well, it's Skype. an audio podcast, so you know what, video yeah. guys, <laughs> you can just enjoy this and audio gets the sound. The video game ha the <laughs> video right. part has to be secondary. <laughs> okay. So let's let's head over to the game show. Okay. So the game show is it's the since you started the Pixel Guiden podcast, how much can you remember uh, game show? Oh, this is this would be great. Oh man, <laughs> my memory is shot. So I'm, I, I predict I'm going to do horribly at this, but I'm going to give it a good shot. Let's see what happens here. Okay, are we ready? I got pen and paper. I'm ready. Okay, question one: In which episode was oh, the first oh, monthly episode? of Tea Time with Tim. Ooh, Tea Time with Tim. I see the hint you put there, though. I like the hint. I got the... I, so it's Eric versus myself, right? This is not a, a joint effort. Correct. Yeah. 
Which episode? First monthly episode. I'm going to be totally guessing on this because I don't remember the episode number, but I'm going to guess. Um, tea time with Tim. Um, all right, I'm I ready. Got, I got my number. Yeah, me too. I got 27. Okay. I said 36. Okay, I'm, I'm afraid, guys, you are both wrong. Oh, that's lame. It's even, it's very early, actually. It surprised me. Episode 18. 18? 18, okay. Wow. So I win because yeah. I was closer. Okay. No? So for yes. a... Well, no, you didn't get the right answer. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow. We, we want to get something right here. <laughs> this is unforgiving. Okay. It's unforgiving. I've got you as well. Don't worry. All right, I'm so, ready. As a bonus point, based on that, can you remember what the subject was for my first tea time with Tim? Ooh. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's, it's embarrassing us. Like we like we don't pay attention to Tim, but we do. I just don't remember anything. I don't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday. Eric, I have absolutely no idea what this is. I think you should go with your heart on this one. I think I will go on I, <laughs> my own. I'm, right. I'm, I, I, I actually am going to say um, this is about... I don't know. I, I'm going to make a guess. I'll go first. Go for it. I'm going to say our... Should, should I go first or should... Uh, or should... Okay, well, reveal, reveal your answers. Reveal my answer. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> it was on the BBC Micro. That's the, like the only the one I can remember. I'm gonna do arcade. Arcade. Okay. Arcade. Oh, you are correct, Eric. You are wrong. I'm afraid, my friend. Oh. <laughs> what, what, what was your what, what was BBC your answer? Micro. BBC Micro. BBC Micro. Nice. I'll take it. Actually, I'm gonna give myself an applause. On that. Right, okay. Next question. When Pixel Gaiden first started, it was one ep- or long episode a month. That's right. However, not long after the episodes were split into two episodes. What was the first episode number of the first episode to be split? The first episode number of the first one to be split. To be split. All right, I got a number in mind. Me too, but I think it's wrong. Man, my memory is so bad, but I'm going to say number 20. I'm going to say 20. I think you're probably closer. I'm going with 27. Okay, I'm afraid you guys are both wrong. It was episode 12. 12? Wow. We split before you hopped on, huh? Yep. (laughs) Did you go back and check all this? Yep. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, I am impressed. I don't remember this stuff at all, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so for bonus point, mm-hmm. on episode 12, mm-hmm. you did an amazing battle of the systems. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it was amazing, so can keep you, that in mind. <laughs> can you remember what that was? I, I can't remember the one we did last month. <laughs> so this is... Uh, I think I remember. I, I mean, I have no idea whatsoever, Eric. Okay, I'll give you a clue. Okay. They were, they were on the Turbo Graphics 16 and the NES, and it was the same game but on the two different systems. Ooh, that's a good hint. Um, uh, 
<laughs> Man, I, I I honestly can't remember. I know one it could be, Turbo. but it's not. I don't, I don't think we did that. Um, Turbo Graphics and N- Nintendo. Wait, can you give us the genre? Come on. It, it could it could turn could have turned out really gory. I I got it. Yep, I did too. Yeah, that that was a big hint. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I my answer is Splatterhouse. Splatterhouse. Yes. All right, we both got yep. down. Good, good for you, Tim. Thank that was you. a good one. I would have wouldn't have guessed it. <laughs> okay, question three. Episode nine was special, but for what reason? Episode nine was special, but for what reason? Um, I'm gonna say it was uh, somebody's. It's got to be some holiday or birthday. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess I get a free guess at this point. Now, it wasn't when we joined the Amigos Retro Gaming Network because that was no, much that was later. Way later, yeah. So, um episode god this is embarrassing we don't even know our own show very well gosh come on man you're making us look like dopes on our first video all i know is i'm winning so i'm good yeah um episode nine was special for what reason um there was something special that arrived on a very special episode of pixel pixel guidance Cody faces his drug addiction. Oh, it must have been ZX Spectrum. No, it wouldn't have been that early, though. No, I don't I'm think I'm still sticking been... with it. ZX Spectrum. You're going to do ZX Spectrum? Um... You already guessed, Eric. You already got... He already said no to you. Okay. Yeah, I already guessed. That's fine. Okay. What was Cody, it, Tim? You were close. You close. were close, Cody. It was the first box that I sent in. Oh, man. With the, um... Did that have the di- no? That was later. What wasn't that, that first was, box? It was the it was the first box of candy and beer. Yes. Oh man, I yes. should have remembered that. Dang it! Well, and thank you. There Tim. was a, an ultimate cartridge in there and a few other bits and pieces. Love it, love it. Okay, and for a bonus point. Bonus point. What was the mistaken name you called me in this episode? Called you the wrong name. For who, who, or who are you talking to? Me or Cody? Who said both it? of you? Because you both, you both said it, and you both agreed. And then when you opened the box, you found my actual proper name in the letter. Were, were we calling you? What was, the, what was the name you thought my name was? Oh wait, wait! I, I kind of know this. Do um, you? Wait, wait. <laughs> you might be right, though, Cody. You might be right. Um, I'm gonna say it was. Ah uh... oh, man, <laughs> it's right on the tip of my tongue. Um... I have no idea. <laughs> I remember it has that we exactly got the same amount of letters. If I that remember helps. we got it wrong. Yeah, well, I-, I think I got it. I'm gonna write something down. Okay, okay. I got it. Cut show. Are we Go ready to show? It. Go for it, Eric. I think you were right on your first one, Cody. This uh. You looked at my paper. You're cheating. No, I thought... I'm not changing mine. <laughs> the other one was right. This is all on video, remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So I said Rod. I thought it was Rod. Okay. Sorry, Eric. You are wrong. Dang it. Okay. Uh, I got Tom. I have no idea. 
No. It was Pat. Pat? How did we get Pat? <laughs> I do remember that now that you said it, though. <laughs> okay. Question four. Episode 11, Battle of the Systems. So I remember what that. Game, what game were you guys talking about when Eric said, I jump on a dude like a boss? <laughs> and also... <laughs> When you jump on a dude, you got to jump off him. And then Cody says, your legs will go up and you butt stomp him. <laughs> yes. Uh... <laughs> so Eric says, I jump on a dude like a boss. Yeah. And when you jump on them, I jump on a dude, you got to jump off him. And then Cody says, your uh... legs will go up and you butt stomp him. What game were you talk? Were you guys talking about in Battle of the Systems? I think I have an idea. Let me. Um, I have my answer. I, I can't. I don't even. I don't remember. I. I I'm. I, I don't know. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say <laughs> Wario World. No, that's okay. A- no, sorry. I'm afraid oh, you're not. No, that's not right. I sh- Eric, you got any ideas? Do I, Cody? Do I have an idea? <laughs> I don't have an idea, no. I'm out. No, okay. Sorry, which one was that? What was that? It was Cast of Illusion on the Genesis. I, I wouldn't have guessed it, okay. but I, I remember the game, but... That's a good game. That was a good game. Yep, and you did the Sega Master System version as well. You did the comparison between the two. I preferred the Sega Master System version. You're kicking our butt, Tim. Come on. <laughs> You're basically putting your legs in the air and butt stomping us. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> Okay, in bonus point, in episode 11, mm-hmm. Cody's big review was on the Nintendo 64 Superman. What was his verdict after his exhaustive testing of this game? <laughs> his verdict was <laughs> that <laughs> it sucked. I'm going to say that it sucked. That was his verdict. Okay. That it sucked. close, but sorry, Eric. No no dice with that one. Okay. Uh, I probably just said something like, nope. I have no idea. Okay, no. It was, it's crap. It's, it's crap. crap. Oh, man. <laughs> it's crap. It, what that, I mean, that is often considered the worst game ever made. Yeah. And f- pretty much rightly De- Deservedly so. so. Okay, uh. so it's two two to one. So we can go That's if you want one. to. We can go with 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 an all out tiebreaker question. Sure, let's do it. Well, we can just leave it there with a Cody win. <laughs> Eric's not going to accept that. No, I want a tiebreaker. I want it now. I demand it. Okay then, mm-hmm. Cody. <laughs> In the earlier episodes, we all had a great time playing Doki Doki Literature Club. Yes. And let's face it, we all got a little hung up on this game for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell me, who is the best character? Ah, oh, what was her name? Suri, right? Or, uh... What was her name? I'm... I'm like for, I'm blanking on the names right now. Yeah, me too. But I'm gonna say Suri, S U R I, Suri. Is that right? Is that so a name? The, I'm so say- the options are Sayori, Yuri, Monica, and Natsuki. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm gonna say Natsuki. 
It, it doesn't matter because we'll be wrong. That's the, that's the beauty of this thing. I'm gonna yeah. say I'm gonna say Yuri because that's who we all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Cody. You're oh, wrong. I'm it was wrong. Monica. <laughs> Monica. Well, I can't give anything away, so sure it was. But if you guys haven't played it, you got to play the game. That's right. It's a great game. It was awesome. And that's the end of the so battle. There we go. Or of the uh, that was, that, game show. That's the game show. I have to do it. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. I won. The <laughs> I won. You guys uh, finagled me and then boondoggled. <laughs> Man, that was a rough one, Tim. I, I I can't remember anything. And the best part about it is it had almost nothing to do with games and everything to do with purely us, and we don't even know ourselves. And we don't know ourselves. That's, awesome. That's sad. Oh, that, that was there was a Splatterhouse question in there. Yeah, <laughs> there was. That was good. We got that one right. All right. So here's how this is gonna work. <laughs> okay. Uh, last month was all y'all's birthdays. And I got presents. It was birthdays. And I got presents because the month before that was my birthday. Yeah. That's so this right. month, y'all are getting presents. Yay! Um, we are, well, there's no way to do this without just telling the viewer, the listeners and yeah. viewers that um, Tim's present is physically right here below my hand somewhere. Uh, it will be in the mail shortly, and we will splice this into the audio version of the podcast. So Tim will be opening his present very shortly. Yeah, uh, but first, Eric. <clears throat> Happy birthday, sir! Now you might Thank recognize you. Wow. some of the packaging. Thank you. Uh, you might know where this came from here, uh, Tim and or listeners who have, mm, have shopped. I wonder where that might have come from. From a certain a big load of peach was eight bit tape all over it. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So, let so me... um, now, so you said this Tim's got something in here too, there's right? Some, there's some things in here that Tim will be receiving as well. So Tim, when you get your box, you're going to get something from Eric you already know about, and you'll get something from me that you will soon already know about. But okay, cool. Don't you worry. Okay, I'm ready. Here we go. Opening the box on the video. Here we go. Whoa, uh oh, sub wrapping. Sub wrapping. Okay, so sub wrapping. Just go ahead and start with. The, go ahead and start with that one. You start this with the one? brown one. The brown one's a good one. And whose is this? No, these are all, this is all you, Eric. This is your box, Oh, this bro. is all me. Holy crap. Okay. So just for the listeners, Eric is reaching into the box. He's pulling out yep. a, what we would call over here a jiffy bag. I don't know what you guys call it. Let's call it a jiffy bag. I like that. Jiffy bag? All jiffy right. bag. So, wow. Okay. So, th- it says Texas Instruments. I don't even want you to know what it is. I just want you to open it and accept it for what it is, Eric. Okay. He's opening yet another jiffy bag. It's a jiffy bag mm. within a jiffy bag. Double wrapped. For extra safety. Okay. So explain to the listeners what that amazing device is, Eric. If I know. Um, so on one end is USB. The other end is an audio cable. Ooh. Um, it says Texas Instruments on it. Enjoy that. Have fun with that, Eric. Thank you. What, <laughs> is, what is it? I have no idea. Is this like some kind of... Uh, tape well go ahead and open the uh okay. the other the other package they here open in the wrong direction potentially no i wanted you to go the wrong direction because it was funnier that way that's <laughs> funny that way <laughs> all right here we go do 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 <laughs> texas instruments another yeah, more jiffy bags yep this has got a case on it i open it up oh you've never opened one of these no, I don't think you so. Just slide that that top off there. Looks like a Star Trek communicator. It does look like a Star Trek communicator. <laughs> Captain's log. Beam me up, Spotty. So there's yeah, a slide. 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 Yeah, there we go. Wow. Look at that, huh? 
That's a Texas Instruments TI-83+. plus. That is, uh, some might call it a graphing calculator. I love graphing I call cal- it yeah. the newest, uh, your new favorite handheld video gaming system. Wow. And how do you get video games on there, Eric? You use this thing, which <laughs> has a USB to audio. So the audio cable plugs in the bottom here. So if you guys remember a few episodes ago, was it? Yeah. yeah, a few episodes ago, there was a TI-83 game that was ported to the Commodore 64, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I have to try that game, and I have to try it on original hardware, and everybody in the podcast has to try it with me. So, if you want, <laughs> you can turn that on. I have a few games on, on there already. You can play Doom on there. I have Doom loaded up for you, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's no batteries. Oh, there's no batteries in it right now. That's right. I got it ready for shipping. But it looks amazing. I mean, I don't think I've ever had a graphic, a TI graphic calculator. TI-80. I know there's a ton you can do with these things. Yeah, I, I used them in high school. I guess, uh, yeah, you were you were there a little bit before those were a, a standard. Yeah, we were still using Abacus. Yeah, yeah. The Abacus. So you, you load the stuff in as like as a WAV file, do you? So it would have originally come in on a tape. Yeah. Um, no, so when I remember when I was in high school, because we did have junky little games that we'd play in class. And there was just a cable. It was really uh, an eighth inch on one side, an eighth inch on the other. Yeah. You could plug it into somebody who had uh, games on theirs already and, and transfer between them. Yeah. But we never knew how to get it from the internet. So somebody <clears throat> had the actual cable, this guy. And by the way, this is worth twice as much as the actual calculator. Like, this is... <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> this ca- and this was this is new old stock, so... Um, yeah. This calculator looks in amazing shape, too. Yeah, so anyways, Tim, you might be receiving a similar uh, couple of gifts here shortly. Very nice. And Thank we you might very much. and we might have to do a six good TI-83 game. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> very cool. And there are actually six good TI-83 games. There, there actually, there's some good ones on there. There's All right, there's still more there. in here. Huh? Oh yeah, there's more in there. All right, let's look in there. Wow. So we'll talk lot. about this uh, soon, but I did a little uh, purchasing on Ooh. the uh, Future was 8-bit obviously. So there we go. Look, mm-hmm. the Kung Fu Flash cart. Kung, Kung Fu, Fu flash. flash cart. So. Kung Fu Flash, which is uh, one I've wanted. I know you've been wanting that, and I know at one point you're like, ah, or throw, throw it in the order and I'll buy it from you. Well, there it is. You just take it, enjoy it. And now this supports NTSC, right? It does. Awesome. And yours, uh, this uh, they came in a random color, so this one is under the little cart here. You got a blue, blue. one here. It's baby blue. Baby blue. You got the future was 8-bit blue. That's what that is. That would be right awesome. <laughs> and here's another one. And you can already tell what those are in there, but I, I want to make tell sure. what it is, but I want to make sure because I've been getting a collection of these. Tim started me with a collection and the data set. Yep. Here we go. So for the VIC 20 with a 24K expansion, it is Cheesy Trials. Cheesy Trials. I love that game. Brilliant. And, and I haven't played it yet. And then this one is a Spectrum 128K Brick Rick. From Juan Martinez. From Juan Martinez, which we talked about on the last episode. Sweet. Well, thank you, you very go. much, man. That's, a lot, that's awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I've never had a graphic calculator before. <laughs> that should be fun. Your new favorite handheld video gaming device. Yeah. Come on, Eric. Thank you. Awesome. That's really cool. I really, I really appreciate it. And Tim, your box is over here. I can see it. I can see all the delightful things. So, In fact, through the magic of the internet, Tim, how about you open your gift now? Yeah. Okay, then. Here we go. <laughs> all right, here we are in the future. We'll return back to the past in just a second, but now Tim has a package. I do. It's right here on my table. 
And uh, through, through the magic of um, time, I've actually moved downstairs now as well. Yeah, this is a whole different room. It's, uh, it's very clean. Yes. Sort of. <laughs> this, this bit that you can see is clean. <laughs> and I, real, I just now realized I shipped it to you in a Russell Stouffer's box, which is... <laughs> candy, right? The opposite of what candy we'd like to send you. They're American, right? Candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. I bet historically Russell Stouffer's was like a really good quality candy, but then like uh, mass production had to happen and now it's... But it is. That's probably correct. <laughs> so what is what is Russell Stover candy then? Oh, oh, we'll have to send you some. <laughs> it's um. Have you heard of C's candy? No. Oh, now C's we got to send them. C's yeah. is good stuff. Okay. Um, it's like when you uh, if Valentine's Day and you go to the um, the gas station. Uh, I know. And- I know you guys love me, but you know, there's no, <laughs> no need for Valentine's Day. <laughs> when you go to the gas station and you buy a uh, let's say a. a a five pound box of or five you know pound as in money not as in weight uh-huh. box of uh heart-shaped candies for your your wife at the gas station that's russell stouffer's uh-huh. okay uh, right is that a thing over there uh what valentine's day yeah sure but buying buying a heart-shaped <laughs> box of awful chocolates no no okay well that's what we do over here okay all right sir well it made it in one piece this time it did and I think uh, Eric and I both have a few things in there. Yeah. Uh, I will admit, uh, <laughs> I completely forgot to put the calculator in there. Oh! Which kills me, because I opened up my, dress, my drawer the other day, and I saw it sitting in there, and I go, oh, no. So we'll have to wait for the six good TI-99 games. Or, not, I'm sorry, okay. the TI, what's it called? 83 games. <laughs> TI-83 games. Okay, excellent. We'll start opening. Right. Yep. I'm going to have a sip of beer first. Oh, we have oh. beer too. That's not a bit. Look at this. We're actually going to all drink beer together on the show. Is that beer? That looks like a wine. Right? No, it is. It's a. Um, Ooh. I don't know if you can see it. It's a uh, brew dog. It's a fiddy fiddy. Fiddy fiddy. Cool. Yeah, it's a uh, lager cut with lemon. All right. So it's kind of like a shandy. Uh, sort of. It's it's just a bit with a very subtle hint of lemon. Okay. Very refreshing. And Eric just handed me a beer, which I didn't even know we were going to be drinking beers until today, so perfect. Yep. So this one I got today, so hopefully it's good. I've never had this before. It's called Beer Friday Pilsner. Beer Friday. From it's got Dills. little cartoons on it of people and animals and dogs and stuff, and it's by Devil's Canyon Brewing Company, and it is in san carlos california so not too far away an easy drinking pilsner five percent alcohol here we go all right gentlemen well cheers to uh tim receiving a package in one piece i remember the last one had to be like taped up a million times cheers we're uh drinking uh we're kind of drinking out of cans today you haven't got your uh, glasses on ice then no no. i did not make it home in time to make that happen your Doug glasses. My Doug glasses. So All I right. have my I have my Stanley knife at the ready. All right. Cut into this box. So let's lose the uh, the customs documents. Oh, you're really going to take your time. Boom. Ooh. Oh, they're gone. <laughs> he just uh, chipped the wall when he threw it behind him. Threw that sucker. So far, so far, I'm liking this one. Good beer. Yeah, no, it's a good pilsner. Yeah. Solid. 
don't know if it's a Danny Trejo good, but it's good. <laughs> right. I saw those today. I, I almost got them again, like for a repeat. They're really good. <laughs> a retro repeat. All right. You got to do the thing where you don't reach. You don't just uh, open up and look. You got to kind of reach behind the uh, the edge of the box and grab a thing at a time. Okay. Suspense needs to uh, to build. Oh, look. look! 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 It looks like it made it okay. The box looks in pretty good it shape. That's how I packaged so, it. Good. Sweet. All right. You didn't have to pay like two hundred dollars in taxes or whatever to pick that one up, did you? No. This this had actually no import fees whatsoever, wow. which is unusual. I don't know what I did different this time than last time, but okay, I'll take it. Maybe you just marked it up as a box of broken dreams, and they said it as sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> now this one has Future Was 8-Bit Tape coming back to me for a change. Look at that, huh? <laughs> I, I don't throw away packaging. <laughs> I'll send it back. I'll send it back to Rod, shall I? <laughs> it's I'm actually, completed its full circle journey. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember what's, what's in all of this anymore. It's been a while. Oh, what is this? So this is a, uh, a white... All oh, right, okay, yeah, this is a white sticky bag, and this is the Game Boy Player. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Excellent. Thank that's, you very much. You bet. That's the one I grabbed for you, and there should be a uh, another one related to that somewhere in there. Okay. I checked my Game Boy, uh, 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 my GameCube, and I am good to go with this one. It's got the it's got the socket on the bottom. Oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Good, that's good to go. That would have been a bummer if you didn't have that. Mine's <laughs> plugged in right under there. <laughs> so I'm going to make use of that one. Thank you very much. That is awesome. What have we got here? We have some hot tamales. Yay! So that is a, I was that was one I've been trying to send for a while. I was told by another, um, I'll call you an, him an ex Brit. He said that there's that that cinnamon hot cinnamon flavor just doesn't exist over there. No, it doesn't. So there's a whole box of it for it. They're not really hot. They're no. just cinnamon, but They're not warm. cinnamon like cinnamon the spice, but. There you go. You can try one live on. That's going to go great with that beer. It's not going to go great with the beer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, what's next? What have we got here? We have... trying to oh, that one. That is, a, that is a forward from our boy, Ten Mark. That's from oh, 10 Mark, yeah. Nice. If you remember those, we opened those a few months back, and I never got a way to send them to you, so here they are. Some, some socky poos. And uh, I went ahead and shoved some stuff in there too. I thought, yeah, there you go. Oh, I, I see. So you, yeah, you, you gave me the Gallagher socks. Yeah, the Gallagher socks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Enjoy those. Ah, some airheads. Five bars. Airheads over here has a completely different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. What's in this one? We got a surprise in every sock. <laughs> Fruit Stripe, five juicy flavors. Tattoos inside. Do you remember that gum, Eric? <laughs> I do remember Fruit Stripe it. gum. Absolutely. So have you had that before? Is that a, is not a thing over there, Hope? No, but we used to get, um, I can't remember what it was called now, but we used to get some um, gum over here, which used to have little tattoos in them. I can't, can't remember now, but that was that was like years ago, man. So that gum was huge, again, in our, you know, probably 90s, really, early 90s. The fun thing about Fruit Strike Gum is they're different colors and, in theory, I guess, different flavors. I don't know. But you start chewing them, and literally about 30 seconds in, they lose all flavor. Yeah. Gone. So you're enjoy just, that. You're just chewing, chewing plastic. You're just yeah. chewing plastic <laughs> at that point. It's, it's amazing how quickly it goes. Uh, thank you very much, Doug, for the awesome Gallagher socks. 
They are very cool. And thank you, book uh, Cody, for sending them over. Right next, this is this is a jam-packed box, isn't it? Not big enough for a calculator, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> By the looks of it, there wouldn't have been room anyway in there. No. <laughs> no, there wouldn't have been. I I actually had to get rid of some packaging and get cr- creative to to make so this all work. So in this one here, this is another another jiffy bag, and there are several things in this one. So I'm going to pull this one out first. I'm trying to remember if how I pack this stuff now. So lots of rustling noises. Sorry for that. You know what? Go ahead and put that back in the bag. This is, this is for later, Tim. This is for later. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. I think you already know what it is now, though. <laughs> no, I, I didn't didn't see that one. I'll put that one to the side then for a moment. All right. I, 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 I had to make saw... it fit a certain way, so you're not opening them in the right order anymore. I caught, caught a glance. Right. Oh, uh, so yeah, you know what it is now. Okay. So digital controller. So I know what this one is because we saw that one. Yep. In the last episode, or in this episode. So that goes with the Game Boy Player. Excellent. There it is. It makes it a little that thing more is super easy cool. to control. Yeah, it makes it like a fun to... And it's made specifically for the Game Boy Player, which I found kind of interesting. Yeah, so it's, it's the old school digital controller uh, for the GameCube and the Game Boy Player. 10 foot awesome. cable wired controller. Who makes that one again? Old school. That's old who it school. is? Made by old school hookups. Just literally old school. The funny thing is they were all they were they were easy to find when I first was getting into it, and then when I had to go find another one, you can't find them anymore. Oh. So the good cool thing is they are I I, I found that one pretty easily, but now they're very hard to find. So now very Tim, cool. you gotta be a typical collector, keep it in the packaging so it's more valuable. Absolutely, it'll ne- never get used yet. <laughs> 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 Only joking. Cool oh. to Eric. This Can't one wait. looks this this looks beer like. Yeah, this looks very beer shaped. <laughs> it's, it's tall boy like. <laughs> it's more Galaga sucks. Exactly. Aha! It's Jack Rabbit Brewing Company. Lemon blonde. This is so it, it's uh, essentially it's pretty much similar to what I'm drinking now, isn't it? Uh, Sounds like it. And we had yeah. that on one of our recent shows at this point, Eric. I don't know which show. It was last. It was it was last episode. It was last point. episode. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Because you said you were going to get me one of these. So. Yep. That is awesome. Thank a you vi- very much. A very local brewery too. So. so where where is that one? It's in Sacramento. It's in West Sac. It's called oh, Jack right. Jack Rabbit Brewery. So it's uh, yeah. It's probably like 15 uh, miles from here. Yes, yeah, 3015 Terminal Street, West Sac. Yep. Everyone get your sac nubs out and go there. Get some beer. Some another cylindrical-shaped another package. Yep. I learned how to pack my beers from uh, uh-huh. a certain uh, Englishman. <laughs> Santa Cruz Blonde Ale. I'm seeing a theme here. We're going with the light light ales and the blondes. It's summer. Yes. It's, it's summer. summertime. But that, the My, funny thing about that is that's Santa Cruz, but it's made in, I think it's San Jose. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, San Jose. Which is which is probably, I don't know, 100 mi- uh, 75 miles? Oh, not even, not even. Not even that? 50 30, miles? 30 miles, 30, 30, 40. Okay. So, but but over is, a big mountain. Yep. Yeah, this is the Strike Brewing Company. Now, now that one rated much higher than the Jackrabbit one on our show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one, that, yeah, that one was I, I very good. We, 
yeah, this is probably a bit more a bit more about it because it's an ale, isn't it? So yeah. the other one's more of a lager or a pilsner. And it's from uh, San Jose, which, you know, this is a retro video game inspired show. Whoa. Uh, uh, uh. Can't pop no. that one. Right, what we got here now then? Am I okay to open this one? Open that one. Yeah, you should be good from now on out. Oh, this one's really well packed. Everything's well packed. Thank you. <laughs> so this one is. Re- go ahead and read Pixie, it. Pixie sticks. <laughs> so if you remember, you gave me that. Uh, what was that? That. That little pile of uh, flavored sugar with a piece of licorice that's supposed to be good. Do you dip it in there? Uh-huh. The sherbet fountain. And I was telling you, that tastes like a bunch of pixie sticks poured into a cup. Well, these are the pixie ah, sticks. Okay, so these are these are sherbet sticks, yeah? Uh, these are purely... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard a, to explain. It's a paper uh, straw filled with flavored sugar. That is literally yeah, all yeah. it is. You just yeah. rip one in and, and put it down. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, enjoy. It's um, They're not good. It's a every yeah. Oh, and then if you do it that way, you'll get a little spit on the end, and you won't be able to get the rest out. Yeah. So that's all mm. part of the fun of Pixie Six. Yeah, we had something very very similar to this. <laughs> oh, that's <Yeah>. sour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put that one over there for a minute. Don't worry, you've got like twenty there for the family to enjoy with you. Mmm. And we've got extreme sour hard candy. What are they New called? Though? Flavor. They're called warheads. Warheads. Oh, is that nuclear warheads? warheads? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, do you have any stories about warheads from your childhood? I, I I enjoyed them, but I don't have any real good stories. But <laughs> I did enjoy them. So we talked about these again a few episodes ago, uh, Tim. These are the ones I would have during baseball, and uh-huh. they're sour. And then as soon as they feel a little less sour, the hard outer shell dissolves and the center is this like fizzy sour stuff that like destroys your tongue <laughs> so enjoy those you got a full bag of them nice right what have we got here then so this looks like something substantial at the bottom what's this one? Oh, what is that that's not the substantial one that is, no. that is yet no. another this jiffy bag another. as you put it Ooh. Get that sound effect. Ooh. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. This one's from uh, Eric, right? This is from me, yeah. I went hunting for it. It was a little tricky to track down this season. <gasps> no way, Eric. Yes. <laughs> you are the man. Hopefully 49ers. I, I hope Look it fits. That. that is brilliant. So it's a red 49ers uh, t-shirt. That is amazing. Thank you, Eric. Yep. I hope, th- does it look like it's going to fit? I was worried. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that'll fit perfectly. Which is unusual for NFL stuff because it's normally like 16 sizes too big for them. It really is. <laughs> You're not wrong. Not to mention, we make these Americans uh, pretty big over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the last game I went to at Wembley, um, uh, I bought a small shirt. Uh, so, like, a, like, you know, like the proper, um, uh, what do you call it? The jersey. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I took it out the packet to put it on, oh. and it was like, well, for the want of a better word, it was like wearing a dress. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Huge. well, jerseys are supposed to be loose, anyways. But yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you got all the padding and stuff, I guess. But uh, Eric, thank you. Well, both of you, thank you very much. That You're welcome. Awesome. Well, that one, That's that one's amazing. all Eric there. 
Shall I put my 49ers cap on? <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it. We've seen your cap. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, no, that's a New York. I've got 49ers cap as well. Right. Okay. So. This, Here we go. Whatever this, this is. This is something I... This is this, something I've been one, wanting to get you ever since you started sending me computers. So th- this this smells like now it's just um, a, a big box of cinnamon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it's so a, that's an even here. bigger box of a uh, of a uh, hot tamales there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is something I've been I've been wanting to get you for a long time, and. You've got me a BBC Micro uh, and just sent it to me for the heck of it. So I wanted to send you something for the heck of it. Um, not to mention multiple other computers that we've dealt with over the years. So, Right. And also, Tim. Yes. Uh, most of the computers I've been wanting to send you like already exist over there. So that's not really helpful. <laughs> but like we don't have BBC Micros over here. Nope. Or no. ZX Spectrums. Or Spectrum. ZX Spectrums. So I'm like, what can or I get? Amstrads. <laughs> nope. Yep. That's right. So I'm like, what can what can I send Tim that uh, I don't believe was really a thing over there? This is a that'd be American centric. Okay. All right. Here we go. Drum roll. I don't have my sound effects board on me. I am opening the packaging. This is where we find out that all the damage went into this. Exactly. It feels wedge-like. It has a keyboard. Does it feel plasticky? Sounds plasticky. Oh, it's got a cartridge slot on the side. Ah, I think I know what this is. (laughs) Did did I send you one of these... uh, on a DM the other day to say that looks really cheap, and I had to try to bite my tongue. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps I purposefully just stayed quiet. Like I saw that on the on the DMs, and I was like, I'm not saying a word. I'm let Cody handle this. <laughs> okay, time for the big reveal for the yep. listeners. Wahoo! There it, it is. is. A Textus Instruments TI ninety nine slash four A computer. Look at that. And it is the DeLorean-looking one. It's the uh, the legit stainless steel one. From the great state of Texas. I was going to say, it's in its aluminum glory. (laughs) Right? It really really does look like a DeLorean. It's It's my favorite-looking computer. It is is amazing, isn't it? I love these. I love the keyboard on those. I love the feel of the keyboard. Um, it, It is weird because there's no enter key, if you notice that. Yeah, well, it's kind of like... It's almost like the the small spectrum keyboard where everything is kind of in a weird place, but yeah, semi familiar but not familiar enough. But a good feel. I'm going to do the Kermit meme. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Look at that. And of course, in a good old American way, the cartridge slot is huge. Yeah, but yeah, it, and, and, I do like the t- placement of the cartridge slot on the top. I mean, it's yeah. a very nice. Uh, it's like a VHS player. And, of course, Texas Instruments were so far ahead of their time that they put solid-state hard drives in this, SSDs. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Solid-state software. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. So, I'm assuming... That, that you can this, now open the next package. package. Is related. Go back a step. Man, this was nice and tidy in here. Now it's a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Packaging everywhere. <laughs> okay, so I'll go back into this one. 
Uh, more paper rustling. Ah, wow. So this is a Texas Instruments TI-994A Flash ROM 99. Yeah. From our boy Marlon. Well, that's it, from me, but I bought it from our boy Marlon from at the, the Brewing, Brewing Academy. Academy. Yes. And I got a flash card in there for you so you can load stuff up. Thank you. That is so cool. Was there so a power supply in there? Maybe. Hey! <laughs> I darn well hope so. <laughs> oh no, it's a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, now you're making me hope that I got it in there. There it is. It's yeah, a power it supply is. with a completely useless power socket. <laughs> you like that part? Yeah. You've got an adapter. You've got an adapter, yeah, don't you? That'll do it. Yeah. But it's got so that unique little gadget there in the middle. But the other part on the other end is very proprietary, so you kind of have to have something. I was going to say, if he didn't include that, he would never be able to get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the heck is going on here? Yeah, that is that is how it how it comes. Yep. It is a plug within a plug and a plug on the end with of the plug. That's the part you would never find, yeah. The good so news is... That's like a filter, is it, or something? Maybe a fuse or something like that? I don't know. I believe it's a filter, yeah. Yeah, yeah filter. Um, yeah, I, because I got like three or four of these on Goodwill back before Retro went crazy, I probably have three or four TI power supplies in my garage. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there should be, there should be more in there. Okay. Oh, there's more. There should be more in there. Stay tuned. There's more. I really hope there's more. Oh, there it is. It's stuck to the bottom. Look. Well, it's broken now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very uh, sensitive. That one. Ah, uh, oh, hello. Very sensitive. It's another interface card. I don't know what it is. So that is, I don't remember the exact number, but that is also from the Bruin Academy, and that is the RAM expander so that you can play all the games. Ah, Otherwise, okay. you'd be very limited. Yeah, so that goes into the sidecar slot. So that goes in this side. Yep. All right, there. Yep. Yeah. And nothing on this is easy to put in or out, so no, you're going to have no, to use a little bit of <laughs> scientifically brute force. It's from Texas, so you got to use brute force for everything. Yeah, that kind of, yeah, it kind of goes in at this weird angle. and Yeah, it does. There yeah. you go. That's in. That's fine. I and now that it's that in, one. you never need to take it out. No. Yeah, like don't ever take it out. cartridge. Yeah. For your yeah, exactly. Never take it out. Yeah. <laughs> now, there is one thing that you don't have there that eventually you need to have to have the TI-99 experience. Eric, what is it? It's the voice synthesizer. Oh. Absolutely have to get the voice synthesizer. Wow. That is amazing. Thank you very much. I have my own Texas Instrument DeLorean. Uh, so I'm going to hit applause. Yeah. Wow, guys. Those were some great gifts. Thank you very much. That That's just awesome. opened. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Uh, that, that was some awesome gifting. <laughs> well, I know you are excited about the TI-83, I'm sure. Yes. Absolutely. Did you guys Can't use, wait for that. Did you guys use those over there? I mean, I guess that was kind of before you as well, right? You, you guys didn't use those in... Yeah, I'm 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 that old. Didn't really use calculators in school. No, <laughs> no, the graphing calculators. But yeah, I really didn't. Yeah, no. I couldn't tell you what yeah. we did with them. I swear we used them like two total days outside of playing games under the desk. Yeah. Normally, the only thing I used to do with calculators was do the hello, 
and then turn it upside down so it actually looks like hello. See, I did the eight zero zero eight S five <laughs> five <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> um, so, what was I going to say about that? I just get a kick out of the fact that, that calculator, yeah, which I used. That's the same, pretty much the same exact one I used in it would have been nineteen ninety nine, nineteen nine, and or two, year two thousand. Yeah, you can still go to the store and buy them new on the shelf for hundred and twenty bucks. Wow. They still charge $120 for those things. But you can get them used for probably... They're, yeah, or much less, but much it's still less, crazy yeah. to me that it's yeah. literally twenty year, more than 20-year-old technology they're still in on, you know, selling That's in blister packs for $20, $120 on the shelf. Yeah. Well, we've opened gifts. Yeah, thank you very much. We have uh, done the game show, which embarrassed ourselves. That's fun. I think it's time for us to catch up, shall we? Yep. Do we did we need a beer? I think we need a beer to catch up. Yeah, let's catch up on a beer. What are you drinking there, Tim, while we get this beer out? I've got my usual. I'm on the coffee. It's a coffee. Any yeah, any particular is, kind uh, of coffee? Six fifty five in the morning here at the moment. Now this one looks interesting. I am holding a uh almond colored can. Yep. Um from Jackrabbit Brewing Company. This is our third Jackrabbit beer. Yep, and this is a brewery in West Sacramento, which is pretty close to us. I want to say I did not like the last two. Oh, that'd be too bad. They had a really good coca. Uh, I'm not um, a chocolate porter that we had recently. And it was. I a, think that was okay. And then there's a like a waffle one before that. Might have been. Yeah, I they have a like. lot of different kinds of beers. Yeah. But this is a lemon blonde. Lemon blonde. And by the way, Tim, you're going to be getting one of these in the package coming. Nice. You're gonna be getting this in a Santa Cruz beer. A little too bright. Lovely. Santa Cruz blonde. You can see the hair there, but you can't read anything. You can't else. really read anything on that. Yeah. Uh, but it anyway, looks a little, little bit white balanced out. <laughs> Sorry, my webcam isn't up to your standards. It's not 4K. It's awesome. The the, the fidelity on that camera is mu- much much better than the other one. It's looking looking really good. Well, the other one wasn't even a webcam. It was just the garbage (laughs) built into my laptop. So this is Jackrabbit Lemon Blonde um, from Jackrabbit Brewery, as we said. It is a 4.2, and um, I'm kind of interested. I've never had a lemon blonde before. So let's uh, take a sip of this. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Tim. Cheers. Boom. How's that? I'm gonna like. You gotta make the. You gotta make the noises. Yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, I tell you, I would say it's zesty. You right from the right, right from the nose, you can st- you can smell the lemon and the citrus. Um, we, we went all out on the summer beers. Yeasty. It is crisp. It's crisp. It's crisp. It's crisp as all get out. This is our fourth uh, crisp summer beer in a row tonight. Nice. Oh, I take it back. The last one wasn't necessarily. But. Yep. Um, you can taste the lemon in this one, but I I do. I mean. It's definitely a blonde ale. It, you can't see through it, which is interesting. It's almost like it got an unfiltered look to it. Hmm. I don't love it. <laughs> you don't love it? I liked our first two beers in the last show. These two, um, the show hasn't been so hot. Because <laughs> <laughs> the one before this, Tim, we had a, a blood orange pale ale. Yeah, and that. Mm. Oh, that sounds good. And it should have been. It should have been. It was, and, oh. and I, I liked it. I tended to be on the more like side. 
Cody tend to be on the dislike side. Apparently, I'm a grumpy mm. beer drinker now. Yeah. <laughs> but let's... Um, you've, been, you've been through so many good beers. That's the problem, isn't we're it? We're getting it's to just, the weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, let's rate this real quick and get on with uh, catching up. Um, I got a, I've got a unique one for you. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. Out of 20 cans of beer... <laughs> okay. How many cans of beer do you rate this one? I'm going to give this probably uh, 14. Man. 10. 10. 10. Really? Half. I think I'm I think I'm 3 for 3 on this brewery. I don't know what it is that doesn't work for me. Okay. All right. Sorry guys. Sorry oh. gentlemen at Jack Rat and ladies and gentlemen at Jack Rabbit Brewing. I don't think it's that bad, but it's not great. 14. I'm going to give it a 14. Okay. Yeah. All right. Terribly exciting audio. Exactly. All right, Cody. <laughs> the video is not much better. Uh, I want to catch up with you guys. So, am I allowed to share a screen with this with this little setup you got here now? Um, yeah, uh, hang on a second. I'll Let's probably break everything. To... Let's give it a try. See what it does. Well, I don't see why not. It's just just should bring up the the video just the same. You would hope so. All right, let me uh think I have to type it in here so that uh I know what I'm looking at. So, let's go ahead and share my screen. Uh, yep, shart start sharing there. Shart Oh, I heard that's you no say good. it. I heard you say it. <laughs> I and hope not. Shoot, which one was I? Which one was I on? There it is. <sighs> Are you seeing us, Tim? Uh, it will come. He will. Uh, will uh, oh, okay. Hang on. Terribly exciting audio. Yeah. <laughs> it's just changing. Changing. Let's see if that does it. So anyways, what we've got here while Tim works on the audio portion of the show, or the video portion of the show, is a Pico 8 game, which I did talk about in the episode, uh, the uh, Pico 8 games I just had on this episode, Yeah, if I do my math right. Uh, but it's new to me, and I think found it super cool. It's called Pico Off-Road. And it is, Ooh. instead of the word Super Off-Road, it is Pico Off-Road. And if you can look at the video here, it's amazing how much it looks like Super Off-Road. It does. And it, I mean, the graphics look amazing. The 3D on the cars. I mean, it it, it looks as good as uh, uh, any like eight uh, bit port of this game, right? I mean, it looks I, I would almost sixteen bit, right? I think, yeah, it's it's almost closer to sixteen. It the uh, off road games. Um, the big difference for me for that you can notice right away is the off road games always had the entire course on the screen. Yeah. So everything was very small, where this actually has a camera follow it around, so it's much closer up. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't take away too much from the game. You pretty much very you know, quickly learn where the turns are. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one downside, so I, I would consider that a positive, the downside would be that uh, none of the cars actually hit each other. Uh, what, so uh, what, they it, just go through each other? They just go through. It's almost like playing against ghosts, honestly. Okay. Um, I'm hoping in the later revision they'll fix that. Yeah. But... I mean, aside from that, the whole game is here. It's 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 really cool. It looks amazing. It looks really cool. Uh, Eric, you got the next one here. Well, S- speaking of video games, as <laughs> Tim likes to say, yeah. So we had a uh, a final. We hadn't done this in a few months, but we finally got together to do couch co op gaming, and we actually played some of the games that we cover on. 
uh, the Battle of the Systems, we played Demon Front and Metal Slug 5. But we also played another one on the Nintendo Switch called Battle Axe, which is very retro-inspired. Super pretty game. So why don't you explain that? Battle Axe? Yeah. Um, it's funny because it's so simple that I don't know why I love it so much, but it's absolutely gorgeous pixel art. It's kind of top-down mm-hmm. um, action, top-down... I wouldn't call it a beat-em-up. It's a... It's like Chaos Engine, but you don't shoot. It's all melee attacks. Yeah, it's kind of Chaos Engine, but it, the the sprites are bigger. Um, and it kind of the graphic styling reminds me of Zombies Ate My Neighbors a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the um, pixel art's gorgeous. But it, it really is a fantastic game, and it's a one- or two-player game. So we, we booted it up, we played that, and I, I had a blast with it. I think it's a great game. It's you so much fun. played around with my daughter. Yeah, we played. We played with the with, with her daughter, and we we are with Cody's daughter, and it went. It, it it's a fun game, and it's easy to pick up and play. It wasn't a complex game to explain, or you just pick it up and play it. And each character that you play has different uh, attributes. Like one does them is better with projectile weapons. One is better with melee. One is better. Um, has better speed. Yeah, you can either be this big wizard guy yep. who attacks with his beard hair. And that's what I pretty much played, yeah. <laughs> and I beard was hair. the... Um, I was, as I like to play in video games, I was the uh, female. Yeah. You get to play... Uh, you get to pick two different palette swaps. So I preferred her as the uh, dark elf-looking... Yeah. Um, I guess sorceress, I guess, is what she would be. I don't yeah, know. I guess so. <clears throat> but she had a... Um, uh, more of a standard melee attack and uh, long range option, but then there was also pickups and stuff that you could use by having using a use button, and that was pretty much like it. That was the whole game. Yeah, but the simplicity made it super fun. I don't know how to ex- explain it. It was just really well done. You have to save people as you go through there, and the yeah, and the like pe- zombies ate my neighbors. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, if you if, if people are out, that are out there that want to play a really fun retro inspired game on Nintendo Switch, I wholly wholeheartedly recommend doing um battle axe the game so jump into that so my next so so tim what's your next one here so you have uh tea time with tim monthly video explainer please tell me yes how that is <laughs> w- what's going on there okay so um coming out uh basically when the uh this episode drops um mm-hmm. on the 15th uh, there will be a video to go along with Tea Time with Tim. And uh, we had an uh, an interesting time. Um, it is a video with myself and Josh Malone at oh! uh, 48K Ram. Oh, awesome. I didn't know you guys and, did that. Uh, That's awesome. Yep. And we have done an Amiga swap across the Atlantic. Wow. So, so what happened? You got an NTSC one and he got a PAL one? Yep, but um, it's it it goes all into it basically. But okay. um, uh, I don't know if you remember on Discord a little while ago, um, Josh dropped into the uh, to chat to say that he had an Amiga three thousand. Oh um, yes, that he wanted to 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 get rid of. Yeah, basically. Um, so I sent him a, a PM, a private message and just, just reached out and just said, what are you doing with your 3000? Okay. And we got to talking and, um, he said, uh, he wanted, um, an Amiga 1200. Mm-hmm. Um, and I happened to have a spare Amiga 1200. 
like you do. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we, we actually did a swap. So we did a swap for the Amiga 3000. Um, and I gave, uh, sent him over an Amiga 1200 and an Amiga 500 plus. What? Um, wow. And also an accelerator card for the Amiga 1200. Um, and I also got him a, uh, CF card all set up with, um, uh, uh, WHD load and, um, classic workbench, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, we've, uh, we've done a, we've done a coast to coast Amiga swap. So do you want Do you want to see the Amiga 3000? Absolutely. Please. I would love to see that. Hang on two seconds. I'm not sure I've ever seen one. I mean, I've seen an Amiga 2000 and a friend when I was a kid had an Amiga 4000, but I'm not sure I've seen a 3000. Well, just this episode, we asked if there was any, uh, hardware you coveted from a co-worker yeah i might have had to change my mind now yeah exactly yeah, prepare to covet <laughs> yeah i want to covet i'm gonna covet the crap out of that look at that thing wow look at that it is amazing <laughs> that is really really cool so did i hear the three, the three thousand has on the back i don't know if we can get that so you've got the um the standard video port so the 15 kilohertz and it's also got the vga for 31 kilohertz so it's got a built-in flicker fixer huh. um i'll put this down because it's super heavy yeah i, know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you get <laughs> ripped yeah um so that has um the built-in flicker fixer it's also got um, inside it a, um, a, a Amiga network card, which is like going going back to the good old days of Token Ring. <laughs> yeah, I so dealt I dealt painful, with Token Ring. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's also got um, uh, like a separate uh, sound card on it as well. So I I haven't really had a chance to to dig into it. Um, uh, there is an issue at the moment where. Um, when uh josh kindly packed it all up and everything like that i mean uh, it just came in a well, you'll have to watch the episode anyway but and listen Very to cool. tea time with him um but yeah th th there was it was just um, an absolutely massive box that came through and there's a bit of a story behind that i won't go into it on here um uh, but yeah it's it, he took most of the stuff outside of the amiga so it was um you know all protected and i've i've had to sort of like rebuild bits and pieces inside to get it going <clears throat> and at the moment i can't get it to boot off oh, of no. the scuzzy hard drive oh, okay um but yeah I'll, i've 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 had like maybe two hours on it or something like that so um i haven't had a huge amount of time with it so i'm looking really looking forward to getting that going so yeah that's that's what we were up to in secret this month is <laughs> filming that and um that we put i've put that together for tea time with tim and also i'm putting a youtube video together for that as well so that should be ready for the 15th that's gonna be awesome so huh? we'll drop that on the pixel guide and youtube channel I'm so everyone go and subscribe um pixel guide and uh on youtube please that would be really cool way cool I'm it's weird it's like in the back of my mind i remember here hearing tim like talk about how he's gonna pare down his collection <laughs> right and he's going to get rid of things because he needs space maybe i misheard that but no, I, I, I feel like and you know yeah interesting yeah, i needed space for that <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's always time to do that later anyway <laughs> so yeah um i want to say a, just a very quick thank you very much josh 
at 48k ram on twitter and an amazing uh, pixel guide and patreon um thank you very much josh i'm so so appreciative of the amiga 3000 and i know he's enjoying that 1200 as well i think he's already got it um recapped um and there's an there's an issue with the sound on it but i did say that to him before it was sent over and he's um all guns blazing getting all that sorted as well so awesome yeah. all good sounds awesome very cool um, the Amiga plays some great games, and so does the Super Nintendo, Eric. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Oh, nice segue. So, Tim, you don't know this yet, but every time we make a successful segue, I have a sound effect now. So, a, a while back, many episodes ago, when we first got the SNES uh, Classic, the little, uh, the little mini, the SNES Mini, we were talking about games we wanted to play, and I mentioned Yoshi's Island, and I think I dabbled in it a, b- a little bit, but... I recently started playing it on the Nintendo Switch, on the Switch Online, and the reason is there's save states on there, and as well as one handy feature I found was rewind. You can hold the two trigger buttons down, and it can rewind, so if you make a stupid mistake, you can kind of rewind a little bit and then play from there. Yeah. So I've been... So you're saying you can cheat? Yes. Yeah, that's what you're saying. No regrets. (laughs) I can cheat. I have no regrets there. I I can cheat, and I have, and I will always cheat. (laughs) Um, But So I've been playing through Yoshi's Island and really loving it, really enjoying and appreciating the game more and more. And I just, I am on World 4, and if I remember right, there's only six worlds. Does that sound right? Six or seven? I think there's six. I've, I actually haven't played through a ton of it. I want to say I made it to like World Three before I ever stopped. Oh, so you never you didn't beat the game for whatever reason? That game I couldn't get into it. Oh man, I am totally. I know into a lot it. of people will say it's even better than the original Super Mario World, but yep. I can't click with it. Oh man, like collecting the eggs and using the little like aiming uh, mechanic, little reticle uh, thing. Yep, I, I am digging it. I'm really enjoying it, and it is getting tougher on World Four. I think I looked it up. I think there are six worlds in it, but I think I'm hoping that by the next episode, I will have beaten Put it. Put a stake wa- in the sand. You will. Yep. I wanted to beat it for this episode, but I just re- I was got so busy at work, I didn't have time to play it. But you can th- take that to the bank. Yep. Cody will. Uh, sorry, Eric will complete that Yoshi's Island. Boom! I'm saying it right now on the podcast. You guys can take the under or over. I understand. Uh, I'm buying stock in Dogecoin. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but I, I'm going to beat Yoshi's Island and, uh, and I am having a lot of fun with it. And for people that have the Nintendo Switch and don't do the online, it's really worth it. You get so many games, NES, uh, or Nintendo and oh, Super yeah. Nintendo, that you can use the, the save states as well as rewind. It just m- brings enjoyment to those games because, as you know, some of those games are so hard. I may have one coming up in the Battle of the Systems. Oh. Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. Um,. So anyway, that's where, where I am with that, but I've been enjoying it. I almost chose it as one of my six good games for a spin-off game. But the funny thing is it is a sequel, but it is kind of a spin-off uh, because the mm. mechanics are completely uh, different. Uh, no, I I I uh, uh, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, the mechanics are so different. It's not Mario. He's not the main it is Super Mario World 2. But it Yoshi's the main character, so it is a spin-off. So, Tim, how many spin-off games do you know that are called the <laughs> same as the game they spin off from, but with a two at the end? Yoshi's <laughs> Island. 
That's the right answer. <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. Actually, I shouldn't talk. We'll get to six good games in just a second. But you know, you know what would be cool if you could take a Super Nintendo game like Yoshi's Island yeah. and record it to your computer so you can put it on YouTube? That's what I just did. Oh. Uh, I, I, I got, at least I got the hardware to do it. And uh, we mentioned this quickly in the show earlier, but I went ahead and got myself a nice uh, Canon camera to record some video. Got yes. myself an Elgato, and I got myself a RetroTink um, and a boom mic over here. Yeah. Um, so I am going to try to join y'all on our YouTube channel. That's on right. The video revolution of Pixel Guidance. That's right, Pixel Guidance listeners. If you didn't catch it beginning of the last couple episodes, we have a YouTube channel. Yeah, come it, check us out. It's only taken us two years, but we're we're going straight into the future with video. We're we're joining the two thousands by hopping on the YouTube. <laughs> and your um, your Patreon money has made this possible, so please. Well, you made the beer possible. Yeah, exactly. We, we appreciate beer that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's creativity fuel is what that is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so these these devices I bought, you have to put power into them for them to work, kind of mm-hmm. like a Vic twenty. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, this month, um, let me just um, see if I can... Uh, yeah, that'll work. Um, so, this month, I have um, been pick-up crazy. It's been, a me- it's been a mega month. Good, you made up um, for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, one thing that I've been wanting for a little while is um, a VIC-20 with the pet keys. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Eric probably, yeah. So Eric probably knows more. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know about that as well, uh, uh, Cody. But obviously, the Vic Twenty actually came with three different types of keyboards. Yeah. So back in the original days, you had the pet keys. Um, then you have what they call like the Euro style, I think, which is the Squarer keys, um, but not quite the pet keys. So it's like an interim. And then you have that's the one. Yeah, that's I'm kind Euro of, that's over like here. The Euro one. I'm not can't remember the exact name for it. Um, but yeah, that um, that's uh, uh, one of the ones I have. I've got two of those, and then there's sort of like the more traditional Commodore sixty four one. Mm-hmm. So, and if you'll remember, my Euro keys came when I got a lot of uh, Commodores. I got about twelve Commodores, right? In a big lot. Yeah, you got a whole stack. Didn't and you? one of the Commodore sixty fours had that Euro keyboard in it. And I checked around, and everyone's like, no, that didn't come in a Commodore. That must have been pulled out of a Vic. So I'm like, yeah. yep, I'm putting that back in my Vic then, because yeah. yeah. those are cool. So anyway, this is what I managed to pick up. Oh, look at nice. that. So there's the Vic-20. Um, yeah, but it's got the pet ski. <laughs> see what I did there? Pet, yeah, I see that. Pet, <laughs> pet ski, pet keys. Pet ski, pet keys. to say. Um, yeah, it's absolutely lovely. Yeah. And it's in great condition. Um, works absolutely perfectly, unlike my other two Vic twenties. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've I've managed to pick that up. I got um, a bunch of games and a few bits and pieces with it. And this also because it's the early version. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yep, the power supply with so the two pins, and that's the one I have. Remember, remember how much of a pain in the butt that was for me, like trying to get a good power supply yeah. to work on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mine was the two pin one instead of the circular DIN yeah. one. Yep. Yeah, nice. Yep. So we are now uh, VIC-20 power connector buddies. <laughs> yep. That's something to be proud of right exactly. there. Yeah, the, the VIC-20 I had as a kid had a round DIN connector just like the Commodore 64, 
and it had the the rainbow label on it, like the the later rainbow, not the rainbow you have, Tim, but the later one that just had it said Vic Twenty and like had the Commodore sixty four style um, label. Yeah. And that was the, that was the one I when I was looking for a Vic in recent history, I really wanted to get just like the one I had as a kid. The only ones I could find were those older two pin uh, power supply ones, and they, those are t- tend to be in worse shape. But yeah. um, you know because they're older. But you know I'm happy with the one I got. But I, I really would like to one day find a circular. Tin it's one. funny you say that, but realistically, mm-hmm. they might be one or two years older. But they're all forty years old. Yeah, you know you're right. <laughs> all right, so they're forty two <laughs> instead of forty. Mm-hmm. But okay, yeah. <laughs> but the, I think I think the power circuit on the on the older style is is less complex. Yeah. Um. And I think they overall they're the kind of like they're the Vic Twenty to have those the the two pin powers. Okay. Yeah. Um, because they're the earlier version. I did read that um, most of the power supply components for those are actually in the computer instead of in the power supply. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Correct. The, those power supplies are just transformers. That's so right. They they go on forever. So they're they're really reliable. Um, unlike you know obviously the other ones um, which use the the Commodore sixty four style, and they've got all the components in there, and they're you know potted inside and everything. They're an absolute nightmare to right. to sort out. So yeah, those those are the those are the Vics to have in in terms of longevity for the for the power supply and that sort of thing. No, Vic twenty never had a mouse, right? It did not. Some some of the older ones you'd find mouse mice in them. Mises, Mises, yeah. But what did have a mice? mice? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm on a roll here. I'm telling you. <laughs> so I, I've been kind of throttling back on new purchases, but one one thing I did put on order and finally got was the Mouster, which is hard to see if you could hold that up to the canvas so Tim can I'll see probably it. blow up, but we'll try, try and it. see that. But it's very, very small. I see a USB on one side. Yep. I flip it over and I see a DB9 connector. Yep. Now, okay. now a lot of these you can get a lot of generic style ones like this that are just nine pin to USB converters, and typically they're used for game pads, like to convert yeah. like a nine pin to a USB. So you could use like a PlayStation Four controller or a PlayStation Three controller. That's not what this is. So what this is is it has a chip on board where there is an INI file on there that you can edit and change. And the goal of this project for the Mouster was to make it work for mice on multiple systems. So you can plug a mouse into your Amiga, and it's just a standard USB mouse. It can be Mm -hmm. a laser mouse or whatever. You can plug it into an Atari ST. You can plug it into a Commodore 64. You can plug it into basically any 8- or 16-bit retro system, and it will work. And if it does it, you can edit the INI file and make it work. And it also works with game pads and things like that. Um, That's way cool. Yeah, and you can edit the INI file. Like, I plug this into the CD32, and I could use a PS3 controller on the CD32, but but the buttons didn't work right away, so I got to tinker with the INI file. But supposedly, you can get all of that kind of stuff to work. Now, the INI file... Once you edit that, it'll still work on everything else. Correct. Just keep adding to it. You add to it, or yeah, exactly. You can just keep adding to it. And you can subtract to it, and it's you can upgrade the firmware on this very easily. So that in the future, the the guy who makes this is going to keep trying to make it more and more compatible with mice on any system. I mean, he was even talking about making it work with um, what was the um, well, I mean, the Commodore sixty four was a big deal, but like those systems that just like 
they only have mice kind of uh, like the ZX Spectrum, I think. In fact, he was adding support for the ZX Spectrum, which I didn't even know had a mouse. Yeah, they did. Um, uh, AMX did a mouse system on the ZX yep. Spectrum. So I, <laughs> supposedly that um, functionality is coming on this. So it's a little guy. and You can get stuff like this, but this is the official mouster that should work with just about any system so you can have a modern mouse on it. So I just thought yeah. it would be handy to have. But anyway, Wait, Wickle, where cool. do you get that from? Um, I got it straight from the guy who makes it. Um, his name is J something. I'll put a link in the show notes for it. Link in the show notes. Yep. But um, it wasn't it wasn't terribly expensive. I think it was in the twenty something dollar, thirty something dollar route. It was worth it to me to get a mouse to work because I I still have a tank mouse for my Amiga and it's got a like the the rollerball. And it still it doesn't work that great when I'm playing games like Cannon Fodder and stuff like that. I so. clean mine out, but I clean mine out. Yeah, it still doesn't work very well. Yeah, no. exactly. No, gotcha. They they get a bit long in the tooth. I've got about four or five different Amiga and ST mice, and they all yep. Do you have the, got problems with buttons or something like that? Do you have the pregnant so mouse? That's, that's cool. And and the the one cool thing about the size and shape of this is that you know how the Atari ST, um, the the mouse plug is underneath the computer. Like, there's a little cavity underneath the computer. Oh, okay. So it fits underneath there, and then the cord comes out of from underneath. So it's very like hard. Like a mouse tail. Exactly. Exactly. But it, it's very difficult to find, you know, controllers and mice. If they don't have a standard plug, they won't fit under there very well. Especially adapters, but this one is designed to fit, which is why it's called the Mouster with the ST capitalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was made specifically Atari for Atari ST. For ST. It just yeah. happens to work for everything else. Yep. So anyway, it's a very universal thing, and I, I'm digging it. So that... Excellent. Uh, speaking of digging... Kind of like digging a grave after you murder somebody? Yes. What are you talking about? That's a bad transition. Uh, murder by Numbers is a game I've been playing a lot of. I mentioned it before on the show. It's another P-Cross game. Um, but it's kind of mixed with... Uh, uh, what's that professor? The attorney at law. What's that? What's that game series on the Nintendo? Ace, attorney, Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney at law. Yeah, Ace Attorney. Attorney Ace or something like Whatever. that. Ace I've Attorney. Never, never heard of that one. I think it was called Ace Attorney at Law. Well, it's a mashup yeah. between that and Picross, and I've honestly probably the game I've been playing the most. I probably, if I looked right now, I'd probably put twenty, thirty hours into it. Yeah, it's a fun way to play. A story-driven game with a bunch of Picross puzzles in it, and I just eat that stuff up every night before I go to bed. Cool. Which is, this month, pretty much all the time I've been spending on games. And what is that on Switch? That is on the Switch, Eric. The Nintendo Switch. Yes. Which is a console. It is a console. And so is an Xbox. Yes, it is. It is. I, got a, I did a good one. I did a, I did a good transition. Tim tell, us, Tim, tell us about the new console acquisition, which is always a big deal. Yeah, so I've asked this question a couple of times on the show and uh, always been trying to justify it. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, finally, I um, I was looking through a website over here, which is called Gumtree. <clears throat> um, and I just look for just like video games locally occasionally. Um, and I happened to cross an advert for an Xbox One, um, which was in the very local area. Uh, so I reached out to the guy and said, 
hi you know have you still got it because it literally just went on sale um and must have only gone up for like two or two or three hours um so i managed to just hit the listing as it come up and he said yeah still got it and uh, i um, messaged him back and said would you take um uh, I, I was really cheeky a dollar fifty yeah <laughs> would you take 60 for it and he said he come back said no i'll do 70 so i got it for 70 nice. quid, which wow is, which is a bargain um and it's the download only version so it's the online version doesn't have the uh, the dvd drive or anything like that um but it come with a bunch of games and one of those is one i've used for um this month's battle of the systems i think this um, is a game that is one of very few games that made me want to buy the system because it's yes. exclusive yeah yeah um so yeah so i've i've got myself an xbox one now and it's actually just tucked down underneath here where i am at the moment so it's it's a permanent fixture upstairs now um and i i got a um got a red controller with it so it's a white system with a red controller Um, it looks like an looks like an evercade versus yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um but these are these are really nice actually um i was quite quite i've never never held one of the xbox one controllers before so yeah um, yeah they're really really nice quality in our um, in our household we're pretty much an xbox like uh we've had the xbox 360 and then the xbox one <gasps> my son's got the xbox series x oh, playstation PlayStation on the way i will say after using because we now have a ps3 and ps4 in the house the Xbox controllers are really, really nice. I they mean, are. I, yeah. I, I yeah. just think they are they they feel really, really good. They they are very reliable. I mean, we've my son's literally thrown them across the room and they still work. I mean, they're 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 in good shape. They're they're they're, they're great things. And plus, I mean, my Xbox One, Tim, like I don't use very often, but when I do, I'm always impressed with its performance and its and the games that are out. I just don't use mine very much because I tend to prefer the older systems yeah no i'm i'm exactly the same but i mean yep. one one of the ones i i got uh, well it wasn't with the system mm-hmm. but um because i haven't um done xbox for since the xbox 360 um i um signed back up to xbox live or whatever it is mm-hmm. um and they've done a month's trial of the ultimate pack for like one pound or something like that so i went with that and i've just downloaded a heck a load of games <laughs> just to just to get my money's worth out of, out of it for that month and then i'll, I'll cut the subscription um and then I'll, I'll probably just buy um because one of the things that was included in that subscription was rare replay which is one of the things that yeah, i've yeah. been wanting for a long long time um cobra so triangle yes that was literally the first thing i played cobra triangle that's a good game <laughs> It's brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. I can't believe that that ga- game passed me by after all these years. It's just amazing. I'm still finding fun. old games that I'm just like, really? How have I not heard about this? That, was, that is a good yeah. one, too. We just talked about yeah. one tonight I've never heard awesome. of. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, so that's my Xbox. Well, it's interesting to me because I feel like the original Xbox had the controller concept completely different than the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, then the PlayStation 1. And then PlayStation kind of kept with the kind of skinnier, um, whatever, that skinnier controller, and kind of became the DualShock, which became the DualShock 2, 3, 4, or whatever they're on. And yeah. Xbox kind of kept with this fatter, smaller version of the Duke kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 
everybody loves whatever console, the controller they have with their console. Like, I feel an Xbox controller without having played very much Xbox, and it's fat and weird and hard to use. I do have a, a 360 I, I hardly ever use. Mm-hmm. It's primarily there for the X, the 360 camera games for my daughters. Connect, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the Connect, exactly. Yeah. But the, the, the controllers always felt weird and awkward to me. I've grown accustomed over the last 20 years to the PlayStation-style controller. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just what you get used to. I'm, I'm not used to the Xbox controllers. I, I, I must admit, I, d- I don't really have a problem shifting between the controllers because I mean, I, I like, I love the obviously, I love the PlayStation controller as well. But for me, hands down, the best controller that I've I've used recently is the the Switch Pro one. It's just an amazing controller. The I love n- that one. Nintendo Switch Pro controller to yeah. me is my like, controller, that, yeah. and and you got to use it when we played Battle Axe uh, when I came over. I mean, you got to handle it, right? I think I was using that. Oh, okay. I plugged in my 8-bit Doe controller, oh, okay. which is a Super Nintendo with analog sticks. I thought you at least got to use it a little bit, but man, I, that is the most nope. comfortable controller. I agree with you, Tim. It's it, it. I love it. I love it more than any of the other controllers I have at home, modern controllers. Cool. Very good. Good stuff. Speaking of the well, Switch... I'm trying to let Tim have one. Let's see what Tim can come up with here. Okay, go ahead. Uh, talking of video games... <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 old chestnut. that always works i got it i got to have to give a rim shot to that so I, I i got two new retro inspired games on the nintendo switch one is called uh i don't even know how to pronounce this right secanoid secanoid is what i'm gonna go with i'm gonna try to share my screen tim it's sesanoid i think it is sesanoid Sesanoid. Okay. So Sesanoid is a game that looks like almost like a ZX Spectrum game. It's very like monocolored. Um and you are kind of this little, I don't know, robot kind of thing that's that flies around. And there are different modes in this game. There is a mode where you are basically like a it's like a first person flick screen platform where it's almost like a puzzle plat- platformer and you're trying to get through to the next level but the graphics on this thing are really pretty cool it's almost like a zx spectrum but a little um upgraded i would say the art style more than graphics yeah 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 I and mean, the graphics are pretty simple but the that's art fair. style they pull it off yeah that's fair um so and then there's another mode where it's more like robotron where it's like you're just trying to clear the screen and move to the next screen so there's kind of a little arcade element and then there's kind of a first person, um, you know, flick screen, get get through the levels kind of deal. Um, but the, you can't beat it. They have this on sale for I think two bucks on on the oh, Switch. I thought, I thought you just meant you can't beat the game. Well, I can't, you can't beat, beat it. Yeah, I haven't beaten it yet. But um, <laughs> but it is a it is a very cool game if you could check it out. And then the other one I was playing was Death Manta Ray SE, which. Is a uh, oh, before I go on, Tim. Have you played this game, Cisanoid? Uh No, I haven't actually. I've I've seen it uh, a few um, bits and pieces about it, um, and it kind of like uh, jogged my memory when you uh, when you wrote it down on on the notes here. But I haven't had a chance to have a, give it a go yet. I yeah. played a total of like one minute of it, and for two bucks, I got to try this. I mean, it, it harkens back to yeah, absolutely to like Commodore sixty four, absolutely. But the particle effects make it feel new. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the longevity of the game is much, you know. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, 
And so the the other game, the Death Manta Ray SE game, is a twin stick shooter, which I'm always a sucker for. No, I did download this. I own this game. Oh, you got it. Okay, good. I got it before you showed it to me, actually. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yep, and so it's a twin stick shooter that is very, uh, what do you say, like psychedelic, kind of neon colors. It's very Lava Soft. Oh, yeah, very Lava Soft. Um, Hold on, why do you go? I'm going to love this then. Yeah, and it, one, I guess one upside or downside, depending on your perspective, is that it is a, literally like one, you have one life. So when you die, you're you're done. That's the game, yeah. And that's the game. Um, I find it a little bit like... Um, hard to sometimes see where you are or what's coming like i get confused by the differentiate between bullets and enemies and power-ups and exactly and uh it throws me off quite a bit um i do want to dive deeper into it i haven't had a lot of time with this game but it is a beautiful game and it runs really well um so and they've definitely got the the sharp graphics that have a glow to them almost like you're looking at a vectric screen in my opinion which makes it look so cool yep you're right so it's got a it's got that going for it um otherwise i mean those are the those are the two games i got on the switch and I, i'm looking forward to spending a little more time with them but which i haven't but they're they are both retro inspired so they fit um speaking of uh retro inspired what's going on with your c64 refurb for a friend tim yeah so i've um been busy this month uh getting systems ready for for other people <laughs> as well as all the other bits and pieces um so my good friend uh gary who's uh relatively local here yep. um he said to me uh, oh uh, uh, i don't know must have been about a month or so ago i suppose uh he said oh i'm after a 64 um and just sent me a couple of links on ebay wait gary like, didn't have a c64 yet no no that's surprising and, and i'm like dude why are you looking <laughs> on the, on the internet you just have to come to me i am you know I, I i have a myriad of 64s and i said don't worry i've got you so um i dig out one of my um better looking bread bins um that i haven't used in a while so i've got that all cleaned up i've done the whole keyboard the usual bits and pieces um been through i've uh, put heat sinks on all the chips um and it's looking really really good now uh, nice. I've never done the heat sink thing. At the moment. Um, but one of the other things that I have got is um, I've got the some re-bricked U, uh, power supplies. Re-bricked. <laughs> so there's a yeah. So there's a, a one of the one of the guys on um, uh, Twitter that you may or may not follow um, is uh, at Commodore Lad. He yes. does um, some awesome uh, work with C64 and VIC-20, 128, so does loads of repairs and all that sort of thing. Um, but I noticed that he was also doing um, taking the original C64 power supplies, opening them out, literally ripping the guts out, um, and replacing them like with the, the big old epoxy bricks. Inside. Yeah, that's it. Um, um, so I ordered a, from him a couple of those. Uh, so I've got one for myself and one for Gary. Um, so he's got one of the new, new, new old power supplies. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so we're going to be so over here um, on the well, next week. Basically, we're actually allowed to go into other people's houses again. What? <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> is that is that 
uh, police, kind of like the cable is, where the uh, van goes down the street with the little sprayer <laughs> yeah, on right. top, it's, and it's the people in the house detective back. You don't belong in that house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we agreed that although it's kind of like everything's ready to go now, um, I'm also going to get him. Um, I've got a, so I've got about six or seven fifteen forty one, so I'm going to get him a fifteen forty one all cleaned up, ready to go as well. Um, and um, yes, so uh, he's uh, we're kind of like doing a swap on some stuff. Um, one of the things I don't know whether I can reach it with my other microphone cable. Let me give it a try. He's giving you a uh, sixty-eight hundred, sixty-eight thousand. In oh no, not quite. What is that? I That's can't even read that. On the Atari ST. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard Oops. of Oops. I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is kind of a bit of a segue into one of my games for six good games. Oops. But anyway. um, <laughs> so yeah, this is um, pretty rare actually. Um, I remember this game played it loads back in the day um, on. Um, on the Atari ST, and I've been trying to find a copy of that for whoop, for a long, long time. Um, and um, it's yeah, it's probably one of those goes anywhere between sixty to a hundred pounds, something Dang. like that. Copy of that. Um, so he's let Sweet me have that Christmas. one. Sweet um, Christmas, a lot of money. So yeah, and there's there's a, there's a couple of other bits and pieces that are going to be coming along in the future as well. So, uh, but yeah, we're we're good. we're going to do the um, the setup of the of the sixty four uh, next week, I think. Nice. Oh, what are you doing? Is it there? my turn? I think so. Hold on, I'm trying to get my stuff together, if you, if you will. So, as you guys know already, I got a package from the Future with 8-Bit because that box became re-gifted as Eric's gift. Nice. And uh, you got a Kung Fu Flash. So, yeah, yeah. So did I. I got myself my Kung Fu Flash. Did you get the same color? Mine, well, I let my daughters pick which one they wanted to keep. Okay. So, they went for the two-tone. Oh. Uh, so oh. You got I, two-tone. Dropped, <laughs> I dropped it on the floor over to you, Eric. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it over, it's, it's actually hard to get out of the sleeve. It is, yeah. There we go. So it is yellow and orange. Is That's the, really uh, cool. The two tone. Nice, nice. Yeah. I like it. Why not? Yeah. Although I was hoping. Uh, I did ask specifically, but I, I didn't ask Rod directly. I asked you, Tim. Uh, I was hoping to get a green one with green jelly, because I still want to know what that is. No green jelly showed up. However, did you not get any green jelly? I got no green jelly. However, I did get something which was exciting. Though, oh, is that the two tone? That's orange. Uh, no, that's that's just an orange. Oh, one. I got yeah. half of your cart. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to own a Futures Eight Bit game for every system. Okay. So I started with one. That I think you got already, Eric, but I did not have. I do have that. Yeah. Uh, cheese and onion. A hard copy of Cheese and Onion. Cheese and Onion. I got a. Uh, well, that's a fun one. Now, Tim, you gave me a sweet little uh, clear see-through prototype prototype of Nibbler, which was very cool. Yeah, um, but I wanted. Uh, there's something cool about this cover, and I just had to have it. It is. It's awesome. So I got myself a copy of Cheese and Onion for the Vic Twenty, and then I went tape happy. Oh man, look at all those tapes! And uh, I don't need to go through all of them, but I got games for every system. I've got Rodman in here, and Mr. Angry Dude, and Crazy Blaster, and Cheesy Trials, and games for the Amstrad, and the C16, the MSX, and the Vic Twenty, and the Spectrum, and Jetpack Jock. Um, Future's you got bit. Escape 2020, yeah? Boom. I did not get that one. You didn't? Oh, right. Okay. I did not get that one. Um, 
But what I did get, because I was already buying these anyways, I have no idea what these are, but I know they're new old stock. Uh, this one sounds so British that I had to get it. Uh, on the Amstrad CPC and Spectrum 128 Suivo's World. Well, I don't know what that is. Yep, it's a, it's one of those games that you really, really love. It's a 3D isometric. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's got this like, crazy like 80s talking heads looking dude. Yeah, it is. Suivo's World. Yeah. Uh, I also got Rock and Wrestle. Still in the shrink. That sounds awesome. Yep, From like 81. Yeah. And BMX Freestyle. Why? Because they had it. Yeah, why That's not? why. I think they're cool. Do you know where those games come from? I have no idea. Maybe I don't want to know. They come from me. Are they? Do you have just like a pile of these games? Yeah, I don't know if you remember or not, but um, I, I did. Uh, it was, oh, it was probably well, o- well over a year ago. Probably um, mid twenty, mid twenty nineteen. I think it was. I picked up again. This was off Gumtree. Um, another a, a massive load of uh, games, and they were rock and wrestle. Uh, I, I don't know. I think there was about 40 <laughs> copies of Rock and Wrestle on the Amstrad. 39 now. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, I just basically just passed them on to Rod to sell in the shop. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but I do love the uh, the ones that you guys actually produce at the Future was 8-Bit, how they each have their own colored tape. This is Rodman and the MSX, nice gold. Yeah. And uh, Those orange title. Really nice. That's so yeah. cool. And of course, there's instructions and everything in here. Um, and I got the penultimate cartridge startup screen mouse pad. Mouse mat, yeah. Because how cool is that? Perfect. I like it. Perfect. Perfect. I don't have that sound, but fight. And then uh, it came with. A pen. I got a feature with 8-bit pen. The yep. new, newer, improved, slightly weightier pen. Yeah. Uh, but this one was thrown in the box, and I did not order this. So thank you, Rod, if you're listening. Or Tim. I, I think Rod sent this directly, because it came from did, a different yeah. address than normal. Yeah. Uh, but I got this. Oh, nice. Rodman. So you got the uh, the, Miss Rod, the the Rodman pack. The Rodman so all, compilation. All Rodman's on one cartridge, yeah. That's cool. So I've got, uh, yeah, super cool. Green. Oh, no, more Rodman. I've got Rodman, Miss Rodman, and Rodman Jr. on a cart with a button. What does the button do? Is that switch between games? What does that do? Uh, it's probably just resets back to the menu. Okay. So I, I, that's I'll cool. be honest with you, I've not got one of those. I've not not, not seen one yet. So. Neener, neener, neener is all I have to say yeah, about nah, that. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, literally my only video game related pickup of the month. That's awesome. Though. But it's a big one. It's a big haul. So I, I need to build a shelf at my house for tapes because I didn't have a lot until Tim started sending me a bunch of tapes. So dude, I got a lot of tapes. Mr. Angry Dude in blue and pink. I mean, just it's a good <laughs> color combo. It is a good color combo. <laughs> I'm excited about it. And there's there's more games coming as well over the next probably in the next week or so. There's there's a, I think there might be another three or four games uh, coming through. Um, I know Hugo's been busy. Um, Misfit I know has got another game in the pipeline. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I obviously Juan Martinez. Um, mm-hmm. at Readrack on Twitter. He's um, developing new stuff at the moment. Um, and anything, I think any Spectrum output at least he's going to do is going to be, again, coming out on Future was 8-Bit because Brick Rick is an absolutely awesome game. Well, we were talking. Have you guys both played that now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. A uh, couple versions of it. 
Yes. I love my, uh, I believe it was the MSX version, the original, and now the graveyard shift on the Spectrum. So Yeah. Um, was that, it wasn't, wasn't it uh, Amstrad? Was it Am- Oh, you're right. Yes, it yes, was Amstrad. It was Amstrad that was, original. That's what yeah, I played it on. you thinking of uh, Magicka. Yes, but I did play... Uh, no, Magicka was also on Amstrad. I think we both just corrected each other. Did but uh, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> but he definitely did one on the MSX as well, which I'm blanking yeah, on right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking this is. We talked about this a second ago in the news, but there's an MSX dev competition right now with 13 entries so far. Ends in August. I think we need to do a Pixel Guide and special episode judging all the MSX dev. Con- yes. All right. I would love to I, do I'm that. I'm more than happy to dive into some MSX fun. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Speaking of diving into things, hey, um, I yeah, down because fish are underwater, right? Exactly. I'm going to give you a pass on that. Yep. I downloaded and played and paid for Freaky <laughs> Fish DX, and I heard about this game on uh, from Flack. Uh, can't remember if it was you don't know Flack or if it was on Sprite Castle, but he talked about Freaky Fish. It was on Sprite Castle. It was on Sprite Castle. Yeah, he talked about downloading it and playing it himself. So I was like, "Hey, I'm going to try to give this a shot." It's pretty awesome. Have you guys played it yet? I've played. I played yeah. it a while back. Okay, yeah. So you're there's like a guy going across on the top of the rowboat, and he's a fisherman, and he throws. He does the blast fishing, like he throws dynamite in to try yep. to blow up the fish. And you're a little shark. You're like Jacques, I think Jacques Shark or something. Le, le Shark, Le, le Jacques, <laughs> Jacques or something. Le shark. Yeah, I think that's it. I think you got it. That sounds right. <laughs> um, but he goes and he blows bubbles, and you can, like, there's a little mechanic where you can blow the bubble but hold it, and so you can move towards the dynamite and capture it in the bubble. And then you let it go, and the the dynamite will float to the top, and if you hit his rowboat a number of times, you destroy him and go into, like, the next level. And it sounds pretty straightforward, but it's a pretty challenging arcade game because eventually there's more and more fish. I sucked at it. Yeah, it, I think it's that's not why a, I didn't love it so much. Is I just I'm like I don't I don't like things I'm not good at. It's not an easy game <laughs> for sure, but I mean it is a challenging one where you do get better more and more as you play it. Um, but like the fish will be at different layers, and what I found annoying was there'll be fish right at the top layer, and it's almost impossible. He he throws the dynamite in and it kills the fish right away because they're yep. right on the top. But otherwise, I mean, you can still progress in the game and get better and better at it. But it's uh, it's a challenging game. I didn't. I've never played it. I had heard about it for a couple of months, but I finally bought and downloaded it. It's a lot of fun. Tim, have you played that game? Uh, it seems to ring a bell with me, but I, I don't think I've played it for any length of time. Um, okay. Or maybe maybe I'm thinking of exploding fish. Have you? That's, did you? I think I've uh, got that one as well. Maybe I've I, heard maybe of I'm that. Confused. I've yeah. heard of that, but that's not this one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm enjoying that one. And it, speaking of enjoying games, Tim, <laughs> <laughs> there's something in the middle of the room. I'm just going to record scratch. There you go. That's fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tim, what's going on? You got uh, you got something to tell us about Atari? And, yes. And enjoying so, games. Uh, <laughs> so last month it was all about um the atari jaguar mm-hmm. um and this month because i've gone pickup crazy um i was on i think this was an ebay pickup um and it was a, again it was a local one collection only um and it was just another one i just sort of like just put in a random bid on and it ended up winning it um and it was an atari st 
um, 520e, so the enhanced Ooh. version. Yeah, um, and it had a big load of games with it. So another computer um, that you had no room for. Yeah, perfect, perfect. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, I mean, I I got the whole lot for thirty five pounds. So oh, I just I'll give you forty not. for it. Send it over. I just could not resist this one. If I saw um, an so, ST for anywhere near that price, I'd jump on yeah, it. Yeah. Like anywhere locally. Yeah. Those are so hard to find here. So I, so I, I drove and picked it up. Um, and I'll, I'll show you in a minute what state it was in because it was in a right state. Um, but I'll do a kind of a reverse reveal. It's in a 35-pound state. Yeah, those so, are... They are another, another huge, massive yep. thing. And... Um, the reason those are so heavy, the power supply is built in. So the power cord just plugs exactly. into the back of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like the MSX. So there yep. you go. My MSX, There at is least. the Atari ST. So um, just just for the the listeners, um, I've now plonked my Atari ST520 onto the desk, and you can see it on the camera. Can we, the listeners, um, get three full seconds of uninterrupted key contact? Yeah. Here we go. Thank you. <laughs> that wasn't relaxing at all. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yes. There we go. AS- there we what is, what is that? ASMR? What is that? Like- yeah, yeah. I just want to hear the noise of the the uh, um, but also, salmon this caps. Is the other thing that came with it is what you were talk- what you guys were talking about earlier. Yeah, is it came with the extension? Yeah, uh, so you can plug it into the bottom, which brings the two mouse ports, the two joystick ports, which are the most frustrating thing on the Atari ST ever. Can you can um, you flip it over to show Cody? Because he, I don't know if he's seen that on the ST. This is the, I don't, I don't think this is a very smart design at all, Cody. It's not. But look in the bottom of this. This is where your mice and joysticks plug in. Yeah. See underneath that there? reminds me of the BBC. The BBC exactly. It's a lot yeah. like the BBC with uh, with its connectors and yeah. But that it 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 does make it so hard. That's why the mouster f- was made the size it was. No, I got gotcha. you to fit under there. Um, I've had even just trying to swap joysticks or doing whatever is a pain in the butt while that thing's running. That's a kind yeah. of a design bummer on the on those. Yeah. But and not only that, it's all actually onto the keyboard as well. Mm-hmm. So you take the keyboard out and the joystick port and all that sort of stuff is all all in one on that. Yeah. Um, and so and it's all the keyboard mechanism and everything is all quite fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an absolute nightmare to to redo this whole thing. But the um, one thing that you may not know have, have you had an STE before, Eric? Yes. Or have you just got this? You, you've got the STE. Have I you? do have an STE. I have a 1040 oh, right. STE. Okay. Yep. So on the side on these, let's see if we can get that. Yeah. Is the same yep. ports yeah. as the Atari Jaguar. So you can use your Jaguar pad on that. Oh, wow. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I don't think it's compatible with very many games. No. I think there was only about four or five games that ever came out for that yeah um but um yeah so let's let's just flip over so on on the video at the moment i'm just going to flip over to some pictures so (laughs) this is um 
when I picked it up. So this is in the in the trunk of my car or the boot of my car. Oh, look at that. Um, all the stuff. So this is all because I had to literally just open this box up and put it out in the garden because it wasn't suitable to bring into the home at first. Wow. And wow. Now you can see why. Um, it, 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 a lot of the stuff had been water damaged over the years. Yeah. So the games that were on the top took Oof. the brunt of the water damage and that were all moldy. They're and just mold. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, some of them I had to throw away. Um, it was unavoidable. Um, Man. And then I've actually got um, some video of the uh, <laughs> as well. Um, so if I bring that one up. So this is the Atari ST. Missing a cap. Missing missing a key. <laughs> um, and it's I just, just doing a quick flyover of the, of the ST. Um, and then this was inside the keyboard oh boy that <laughs> filthy, looks, uh, that looks horrible grim. filthy There's under the keys and, yep. and absolutely everything in there yeah it's really nasty but that's um, really but, easy yeah. to clean up and it feels so good when you do You're just yeah. Like, ah. yeah 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 it was uh it was really good it was really nice i've grown to, to um, love cleaning keyboards yeah. <laughs> did yeah. did you replace the keycap uh, were you able to find it i did one? but okay. i actually had to um uh, I've got another ST, <laughs> yeah, another one, um, and that one has actually got a broken keyboard. Um, I think when I picked it up, the uh, not me personally, but when when I got it, um, someone had literally just dropped something from a great height onto the computer, and it split the board. Mm-hmm. There's a great big crack all the way down the board, and they've tried repairing it, but it just doesn't work. Didn't you have an um, Didn't you have an Atari ST that jumped out the window? No, that was that's the Commodore 128. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> let's 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 draw a discreet veil over that. Thank you, Eric. See, I, I, see, I remember some stuff. I remember some things. <laughs> he remembers the negative. See, Something you didn't dropped. bring that up. Why didn't you bring that up on the game show? Yeah. Dang it. On what episode did I foolishly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, that that's that. St. I, I managed to replace the keycap on there, but I literally had to, you know, because um, the the plunger in the middle of the keyboard was broken on that. So it wasn't just the key that had come off. It was the plunger as well. So I had to kind of like Frankenstein two keyboards to get one working properly. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my ST pickup. And, uh, uh, the, the price of that was just irresistible. I couldn't, couldn't not pick that one up. That's awesome. That's great. I wouldn't have passed that up either. Way cool. cool. Guys, I think we're done catching up. Yep. Yep. Uh, which means we are on to our final segment of the evening. Mm-hmm. A little segment we call uh, Six Good Games. Now, before I press the button and officially start this, I'm going to attempt to record some video from my end. Ooh. So let me press a button real quick. I'll be back in four shakes of a lamb's tail. Okay. If Eric, okay. you can say something funny and video game related. Video games. They're cool. I don't know what else to say. But that was hilarious. I will say that in Six Good Games, I think... Um, it's going to be controversial, right? Right, Tim? Because... I think so. I think this is... Not uh, everyone very... agrees about spin-offs versus sequels versus... Uh... Versus whatever, yeah. yeah <laughs> and I, I think we should be a, l- a little bit more liberal about this and just say, hey, you know, do what you got to do. Well, let me go yeah. ahead and make it official. because you. <laughs> exactly. Because we are going to do us when we start Six Good Games. Six Good Games. So as Eric mentioned, we are doing six good spin-off games, and a spin-off is a very obvious thing. 
mm-hmm. which you can't get wrong. So if anybody gets it wrong, I'm going to point at you and laugh at you and mock you. So, uh, if you guys are new to Pixel Guide and Podcast, or uh, the YouTube video, if this actually makes it on YouTube, as I'm attempting to do here, yeah, uh, this is a segment where we simply say, hey, here's a subject. We each get to pick a couple games that match the subject that happen to be good. Yeah. And we've done many episodes of these, and uh, last episode I found a game that I picked that was actually not good, in hindsight. Mm-hmm. So, my bad. But now we're going to do six good spinoff games. Uh, and uh, let's go ahead and start. Let's, well, let, Tim, you look ready. Let's just start with Tim. How about that? <laughs> I was born ready. I'm going to go ahead and share <laughs> the screen here on my side so I can pull up some sweet footage if that works for you. But, Tim, what's your, uh, what is your first good spinoff video game? So, my first spinoff game is uh, Forza Horizon 3 on the Xbox 360. So, are we going to get into any controversy about this one? I I actually do know what this game is, and I have no controversy here. So, you said Forza Horizon 3? Yeah. Okay. I haven't played this one. I I played the... 2016. Yep, I've played the original Forza Horizon on Xbox One um, and enjoyed it quite a bit. But I, I haven't played this particular one, but I do know the concept. It's kind of the... And I'll let you explain this, Tim, but it's kind of the Forza, but more of the arcade version, right? Yeah. So this was released in 2016 um, on the Xbox One, and I believe it was the first of the franchise to make it over onto Windows 10 as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> created by uh, Turn 10 Studios out of Redmond, Washington. Um, and they were originally formed to create racing games based around the experience of the staff that came from Bizarre Creations. So this is where I kind of like go with the retro link on this. Uh, Bizarre Creations, who created um, sort of like OG Xbox titles like Project Gotham Racing, Formula One on the PlayStation, the original Formula One game, mm. uh, and the Stone Cold Classic Metropolis Street Racer on the Dreamcast. Dreamcast, that's what I know, yeah, which I know <laughs> was prior to Project Gotham. Yes, that's right, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was, it great was the, game. The one that kind of like really, it was the daddy of all of these games, uh, kind of bought born out all all these other games. So, uh, Forza Horizon Three continues the Forza Horizon series um, that started out in 2012 on the Xbox 360. Um, it's been spun off from the Forza Motorsport series. Um, which is more around sort of like the track standard simulations sort of game. Um, yeah, your Grand, Gran Turismo uh, competitor. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Forza Horizon 3 is based in Australia and takes you on a journey around the hotspots of the country like Surfers Paradise, where you have to start off building a small event winning races and putting on events to win over to win over the crowd and uh, get higher followings to put on a bigger and better event uh, along the way you can win purchase new cars you can tune up cars and also have custom paint designs um, this is a, like a free roaming style of game um, so probably in the same sort of vein as like um, Burnout Paradise City. Um, it's another another game I enjoy myself. Oh, yeah. yeah, me um, too. 
so for me i've just obviously just literally acquired this xbox one so i've not played any of the forza series before so this is completely new to me um but i've really enjoyed picking up this game um it's it's that that free roam nature where obviously you kind of got that conflict in yourself it's a bit like grand grand theft auto as well isn't it where you're you want to start doing some of the missions but you just enjoy just literally just hooning it around the landscape and just getting different (laughs) cars and wrecking and um the other good thing with this one is it's kind of got a bit of that burnout element with it as well so you can sort of like drive along the road and um hit different obstacles and you get different experience points or credits for for different um different targets like um what is it if you hit a hit a bin you get the the trash man bonus um (laughs) if you um you've got like if you get uh driving towards a car quickly on the opposite side of the road you get a near miss bonus if you if you sort of like just slightly graze it um so yeah this this one has got like the mission element as well so where obviously you're um trying to put on the different events around australia um you uh take part in different events that you can go to on the map so you open up the map and you've got like a, a little um inbuilt sat nav um i can't the, the sat nav lady has a particular name but i can't remember her, <laughs> her name now and she she talks to is you it all siri the time. is it alexa <laughs> is it is it is it kira uh, might might be Kira actually yes yeah, yeah I think that, that sounds yeah. about right so I've I, um, like like I said Tim I've played this and I think maybe I do have this one I think this is the one I have because it looks very familiar but one of my favorite things in this game was going around you could find barn finds that's cool yeah and so you you there, all of a sudden on this map it'll say hey there's a rumor that there's a cool car in this barn and you drive there like an, almost like fun. a little mini RPG and you pull out this all rusted a hunk of junk and you pull it out and it's like hey this is a very rare porsche and and you take it to your garage and there's a guy that'll work on it and spruce it up and then pay a bunch of money and later in the game you come back and it's like hey i fixed this up and it's like this beautiful like rare porsche yeah yeah and That's so cool. that was one of my favorite things to do in this game was the barn finds this is a great game forza horizon is really it's it, it's almost doing it a disservice to say it's a dumbed down arcade version of Forza because it still takes a lot of skill to actually do the driving in this game. Yeah, Absolutely. it's not arcadey racing. It's still simulation. It's still more simulation, <laughs> but it's got a lot of add on um, add on almost I, I hate to say, but almost like little RPG elements to it. Yeah, um, yeah, Grand Theft Auto ish because it's it's mission based, isn't it? Yeah, it's mission based. Yeah. That you, one of the things that you said there that just reminded me is you've got like the bucket list in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. And one of the first one of the first bucket list items I found mm-hmm. was the. Um, are you guys familiar with the air, air, uh, the Kira Aero Atom? Oh yeah, Aerial Atom. Yeah, the Aerial Atom. Yeah, well, that's made not very far away from where I am actually. Um, in a, just outside in a town called Crew Kern in Somerset, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they've got the uh, the the Aerial Atom on steroids. I can't remember what it's called now, but the big four wheel drive one, and that's in in the game, and that's one of the first ones I found. And there's this really cool sort of like mission where you've just literally just got to race, tear across the whole beach and um, over different terrain and all that sort of stuff and get to an end goal. And that that was just fantastic. It was just really cool, just hooning across the landscape and just tearing it up in that thing it's brilliant yeah and I, I, the 
amount of times I've seen those on the road uh, roads around here and just thought I'd love to have a go on that. I actually <laughs> so just, I managed to drive it in Forza. <laughs> I was just driving with my wife uh, a couple weeks ago down a, uh, a, a particularly fun road for about an hour and a half from here. And going the other direction was an Ariel Adam, and we kind of like waved at each other. And <laughs> but uh, she got sick, and then actually we had to end the rest of the day because uh, she didn't like me taking the corners that 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 <laughs> yeah. hard for about five minutes straight. Right. So, yes. Right. Uh, learned my lesson there. Yep. Um, um, but so no, this this one did this one not surprisingly did well in the reviews. Um, so. Uh, I, I've, obviously there's mostly i don't think there's really many magazine reviews that i did try and find something in edge magazine but i couldn't really find anything there uh, but pc gamer gave it a 92 percent um saying the best forza horizon is now one of the best racing games on the pc vast varied and lots of fun Mm-hmm. So it's funny to me that you picked this game and you also mentioned the Rare Replay game earlier because these are two of the three games that ha- I've always wanted, lusted after an Xbox One 4. Yeah. yeah. This is you, the Horizon series and Rare Replay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one other one which is not clicking with me right now. I can't remember which one it was. But like being able to play basically Gran Turismo but going wherever I want, Yeah, that's amazing. I want that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm actually now you're making me want to go out and get an Xbox One because now I know. Sorry, you, Cody. Well, now I know you can get them. Uh, they're I've cheap. Been kind of noticing like under a hundred bucks or they're, potentially less. They're like, cheap for yeah. that. I might just have to go get one. Yeah, but exactly. Like, I mean, the, it, it, worst case scenario is this thing. The, you know, the con- the console itself, meh, doesn't matter. The controller will go on to the the later Xboxes, I think, and those things are worth probably almost as much as I paid for the console. Yeah, I'm gonna have to make sure I get one with the CD drive though, because that's just me. I wanna, I'm gonna have a physical collection of games. That's just sure. how I'm gonna, how I roll. Yeah, Eric. yeah. I mean, it, it didn't really bother me with this because I knew I wasn't going to use it a huge amount. It was just like, yeah, I just want to play some of those games and rare replay, and I'll, I'll be buying rare rare replay anyway uh, <laughs> to put in the collection, so it won't matter. <laughs> Eric, what's your first um, spinoff game? I'm going to say that very specifically. Spin-off game, Eric. My first spin-off game is Bionic Commando. Uh, now, what game did that spin-off from, Eric? Com- is spun-off from Commando. Because uh, in Commando, you are Super Joe, and you are fighting the bad guys. And then in this game, in Bionic Commando, you get kidnapped. Super Joe gets kidnapped. And you play as Nathan Rad Spencer trying to free super joe from okay. commando so it is a spin-off okay if that's the case i didn't know that so yeah. that okay yep. okay so bionic commando is a platforming game by capcom and i ended up playing the nez the nintendo entertainment system version but yeah. there, it this did start out its life as a arcade game so i'll touch on that real quick because that's why i thought you're saying this is a spin-off because the arcade mm-hmm. game feels completely different than the nes game right to the point where you can almost consider it a different game yeah so I thought that's where you were going, but you weren't. No. You taught me something I learned, but yes, the NES game is is good. Continue. Yeah, so I played the NES game, and I, I got maybe about, I don't know, about 40 or 50% through it. One interesting thing is this is a platforming game, but but what's pretty rare in a platforming game is that you can't jump in this game. Correct. So the mechanic is that you have a bionic arm, a, a arm that is a... What do they call it? Like a grapple arm? Grapple arm, yeah. That so works. that you can grapple and go over gaps, and you can raise yourself up to higher platforming levels. 
Um, but the, basically the game is that you are searching for Super Joe from the original Commando game and trying to save him. And so you go through various platforming levels. And then when you do complete those, you do do a top down that is kind of like a Commando game. <laughs> do do. Do do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, there are Commando top down style levels and the game is Nintendo tough. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it is not a very easy game. I mean, I've been struggling to get past certain levels. Um, it, it does have an inventory system where you can find different weapons, and you basically do a loadout before you approach a level. Like, when you clear a level, you basically... So, have you played this game? I have not gone far in it, but I've played the introduction a couple times. Okay. Tim, have you played this one? Tim? Mm, Tim, Tim. Oh, Tim tried to do something technically impressive, and it failed. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, Tim, right. Tim. We're going to try to continue on here. Um, but I, I, I've been having a lot of fun with this game. Um, it, it, it is very challenging, though. So if you do try to play this game, uh, just know that this is going to take some time. But I've been having a blast with it, and I've... I've um, there are various enemies that you that you face in this game. Um, there is an overview world where you are are I don't know what you would call it like a you can select levels. You essentially. can select level and go through levels, and if you collide with one of the enemy trucks or the helicopters, you face a different enemy. Um, okay, it's it's a it's a it's a very challenging game, but I, it, this is one of those games. Like when, when I learned that we were doing a spinoff game, I wanted to find a game. I wanted to find a reason to play this game. And I know okay. you've used that methodology before. Yeah. Um, and this one's a blast. I mean, that's all I can really say about it. There's not a lot to it. I mean, it's a real, it's based on the arcade game, but it's a very good Nintendo. It's a very the arcade game is not as good as Nintendo game. Right. It's, it's one very, of those. It's very technically, um, impressive for the Nintendo I think um, when you on every level, there is a computer that you connect to, to talk to the guy, talk to a guy in there. And he basically, you basically learn hints and tips of the game going into these little rooms. They're called communication rooms and they help you along your way in the game. So bionic commando. All right. I highly suggest you play it. It's a lot of fun. I give it a pass. Yeah, a lot they, of people do love this this version of the game. Yep. So I guess I'm up next, and I will yeah. admit right now, I didn't mean to do this, but both of my games are Super Nintendo games. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I found interesting is that most of us uh, chosen uh, a Nintendo-based game. Yeah. So something I was hoping to avoid, and I didn't, mm-hmm. was, first of all, the easiest one to pick for any of these is anything with Mario in it. Because, yeah. <laughs> because ultimately, if you if you go back in lineage, the first Mario game was what Donkey Kong or uh, yeah Donkey Kong, mm-hmm. and then Mario Brothers, the arcade game. Super Mario Brothers was a spinoff. That's right. But if you even consider that the original game that has a lineage of games, and then it broke out into all kinds of stuff: kart racers, uh, party games, tabletop games, right. tennis. We can keep going. There's tons. Mm-hmm. 3D games. Uh, however, the one I did choose was the game that first, the first RPG I've ever played, uh, at least JRPG I've ever played. 
And that was the Super Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo. And this was actually made, I believe, by Square Enix. Okay. Um, but, of course, sold and distributed by Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to get my video up here. This game is so great. It also inspired the entire Paper Mario series, is what it became eventually. And um, it's got all the Mario charm and the pacing and the characters and the cutesiness and everything great about it. Um, You you have these little overworlds and you run into enemies and that starts these turn-based JRPG battles. Uh, it's It's a JRPG made kind of easy to digest, family friendly. And what I love about it is you're not going through a million menus, mm-hmm. which at the time I didn't know was a thing when I first played this. So it really eased me into it because you basically just press up, down, left, or right as it shows you on the screen to decide if you're going to attack or block or dodge or run away. Um, but then what I really love about it is when you cert- use certain attacks, you don't just watch it happen necessarily. If you use bigger attacks, you actually have to time your attacks and button presses with some visual and audio cues to try to maximize your attack. So you're actually involved in the battle besides just pressing do this attack over and over and over again. Um, And then the overworld is kind of like a 3D isometric Mario game, actually. Um, But of course, if you touch an enemy, you join a a turn-based battle with them. And of course, there's leveling up and all those JRPG tropes, which, again, when I played this, I didn't know were a thing. Mm-hmm. But this taught me about them, and um, I—it's on my list again to go back and play this because it's been right twenty years. So I have a little story about this game. Okay, it was one of the first games I ever wanted to add to my collection, like a physical cartridge. Okay, and I went to a lot of local stores, and I found one out in Antelope that was like a retro gaming store that has since closed. But I asked about this game, and he said, "I." I said I wanted the Super Mario RPG, and he goes, "Okay, I have one in the back." And he went in the back, Ooh. like it wasn't at, it wasn't in the front, you know, it wasn't like displayed. <laughs> he went in the back, and for a few minutes, he came out with it. And it was, you know, the black cartridge, the black Super Nintendo cartridge. Ooh. And he goes, um, "You know, he, he, here it is." And I'll I forget how much it was. It wasn't that expensive back then. It was probably like twenty bucks, twenty five dollars. Felt like a lot then. Yeah, it did feel like a lot then. I was like, okay, and I bought it and I took it home and I, I flipped it over and it had an Albertsons um, sticker on it. It was a rental from Albertsons oh, okay. and he had never taken the sticker off of it. And I, which went is home. a uh, supermarket over here. There used to be. They're hard to find. I think they're still, they're few still around. around. Yeah, yeah. Albertsons was a supermarket, but they Albertsons used to rent games. They used to have these you know shelves in the front that you could yep. rent movies and video games, just kind of like a blockbuster, but built into an Albertsons. And so, like, I brought it home, and it works perfectly, and I, I, I opened it up. It was my first time opening a cartridge, and I opened it up, and I replaced the battery in it. Okay, yeah. And uh, it still works, and I still have the original Super Mario RPG. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a great nice. game. Does Supermarket mean the same? How much did that cost you at the time, then? It was like 20 25 bucks, I think. Mm. I mean, I, I think... it's a fair bit more now. <laughs> I think it's quite a bit more now, yeah. Is, do you guys have supermarkets over there, or do you just call them grocery stores, I guess, or...? No, we, we have supermarkets, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, that's my game. There's not much else to say about it. It's just mm-hmm. a Nintendoized RPG, which is very digestible and fun. Yeah. It look, looks good. I've not, not, not really had a, had a 
look at that one before so i might have to have a go on that is that on the um is that available on the online on switch Ooh, i don't think so i've yeah, never seen it i don't think so i've been wanting to either go back and play it or try one of the paper mario games which i have not tried yet actually and yeah. i i've played the the paper mario one on the gamecube and i've started and stopped and started yeah. and stopped that one um, the thousand year something, thousand year thousand door, year something, yeah. yeah, door. I think thousand year door. That's it. Yeah, thousand year yeah. door. Yeah, and I've played that. Like I said, I've started and stopped, started and stopped, and uh, you know, someday I'll get back to it. But it, it is fun. It is very, very similar to that. So I can see its lineage there. So Tim, what's up? <laughs> what's up, bro? Okay, so Hold on, my next game. <laughs> tell me, uh, tell me about this game, brother, <laughs> brethren. <laughs> Um, are you going to do a screen share on this one, Cody? I'm already doing it if you see it. I don't okay, know if you can. So, so this one is Solar Jetman, The Hunt for the Golden Warship on the <sighs> NES by Rare from 1990. <sighs> I'm sighing, Tim. Why? Why isn't this a spinoff? How is this a spinoff? Because it's a Jetman game. Which, yeah, it's the third Jetman game. But it's a lot <laughs> different. <laughs> Look how different it is. Yeah, well, they're it's all different. different. They're all different. It's, it's still a Jetman game. Well, <laughs> they're all okay, sp- in, in my defense, it is this a very... didn't start out as a Jetman game. There you go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to prove you wrong. I'm just having fun with it. But it is literally Jetman 3 is what it is. But yeah. it is very different. Okay. You're in a space. Anyway, I'll let you talk. Shut I'll shut I, up. I take your point, but it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's based in space, and you've got a spaceship, so I, I guess it's there. Are, there are elements of the Jetman side of things, so yeah, that, that's fair enough. Um, right, just give me two seconds. I'm just going to bring the screen share up on this. It won't be a second. There you go. In fact, this game to me feels almost more like Thrust. Yeah, yes, I, exactly. I don't that's think I've exactly ever played this. I've never played this yeah. before, so it looks really cool. No. Um, that one, and then it should come through eventually. Um, yeah, so you are correct in saying that um, this is a uh, thrust, or if you go back to the original days, um, it's uh, Gravatar uh, was one of the, was the first kind of style of this game. Can we call um, it a thrust like? Thrust like or a gravitar like? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this is. Um, one of those games, uh, like uh, Eric just said, that I, I've I hadn't really I had this in the shop that I used to work in loads and loads of times, um, and I always thought, oh, it's by Rare and it's a Jetman game. I must really play this, and I I just never really got round to it. Um, and whilst we were sort of like looking for different games, I, I you know I, I didn't really want to do the Mario and other other bits and pieces like that so i'm thinking what's one that's sort of like a bit different um so i thought well okay let's go with solar Jetman. um so i hooked up my um uh pi 400 with um all the emulators and all that sort of stuff on in the in the pi cade and i played it through there and then of course at the same time i just got my xbox with rare replay and of course it's on there so i started playing it on there instead um, there you go but this is this is a this is great fun game um if you if you guys are familiar with uh thrust or gravitar so essentially you uh have a spaceship um you get dumped into a planet you have to along the way you have to um uh explore through all the different levels um and pick up 
parts of the mothership so um and you take those back and then they give you an extra skill for your ship so like on the screen at the moment he's just doing the sort of like the uh the shield so when you press down um you get the shield uh, that you don't start off with that you've got to take those bits back and then put them into the main ship and then they give you the the extra abilities um you have to then uh once you've done completed that part you then have to go and grab some more fuel from uh scattered around on the on the different parts of the level um you take that fuel back to the ship and then that's you you've completed the level and you can blast off onto the next next um next planet and that's your tie-in with jetman right there that's it yeah um but the obviously the game dynamic with this is is obviously the thrust gravitar element the the actual gameplay itself the mechanic um is that you've got to use your thrusters so you've got gravity um so you've got resistance against um obviously when you're sort of like dropping down you go faster you've got to thrust up um and you've got to thrust really quickly when you've got uh, when you've picked up heavy items and those items as you go through the different levels start to get heavier um so obviously you you um it takes you longer to get the the item back under control or even to the point where it takes you longer just to just to lift the thing off the ground um uh, so part as you go through you i think you um level up your thrust ability so you get a more <laughs> powerful engine so you can lift those heavier items um but yeah, this is this is just a, a beautiful looking game. Um, there's some lovely cutscenes in it. Um, this uh, this game wasn't actually an in-house rare game. This was developed by um, the Ca- uh, the Cambridge Brothers. Um, so this was um, Stu and where are we? Um, got them here somewhere. <laughs> can't find it on my list do you know um but anyway it was um it was developed out of house so it wasn't an, an in-house rare game to start off with um and again it had a completely different title um and then one day rare just said oh we're just going to make it solar Jetman." um so they had to um change it and the the Jetman character wasn't actually in there so one of the things in the game is that you've got your ship so you've got um Uh, if your ship gets blown up you then um automatically eject out of the ship so you've got jetman that can then fly around the level to get back to the mothership and then you get another ship rewarded to you so you can then get back in another ship um and um then continue your mission on the way through um so yeah so they added the jetman element in sort of like halfway through the development um, <laughs> and then they were able to sort of like re- at that point they kind of like redid the whole dynamic of the game because it was i think they were more edging that this was going to be a pc release rather than a console release um but yeah so it, it turned into solar Jetman. um which originally when it was released um in the us it came out in the us first um and it got fantastic reviews but it just never really sold very well unfortunately um i think trade west had a massive great big pile of of this because it got so so many good reviews um it almost turned into another et i think and uh they oh, had shit. loads and loads of copies of the game and i think they just got blown out eventually you know they were probably just going for like 10 bucks or whatever um and i think it also got packed in with the nes at one stage as well uh, maybe you know that really 
Cody. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Title at one stage. Yeah. Um, it got released over here in 1991, um, and uh, you know, again, got some brilliant reviews. And there was, you know, there was it was plenty of copies of it hanging around. Um, but it's just one of those games that's sort of like been on my radar for a while, and I thought this was a perfect opportunity to um, <laughs> to dig into it and have a look. Um, so going going to the reviews on this. Um, I think it got a, where is my notes? Oh yeah. So it got a uh, total magazine, which was a magazine over here in the UK. Um, Steve Jarrett gave it a review, uh, 92% saying hard to fault the game, technical, stunning, playable, and, uh, more polished than your mum's silver. Buy and enjoy. My <laughs> mum doesn't have any silver. It does look like a very nice game. I mean, for a NES game, I mean, it's very smooth. Nice colors. Yeah, it's, so I when I uh, first started doing emulation, I remember finding this game. Mm-hmm. I remember playing it quite a few times and being like, this is actually kind of fun. Yeah. But um, it was it was frustrating, and it was very unlike... It, uh, the the uh, physics were very unlike any of the games my, me and my friends were playing. Yeah. So I, I would have been surprised to see this, at least in the American zeitgeist, if you will, of video game culture... There's no way I would have seen this succeeding. No. This is so different. This is so uh, computer game mentality. Yeah, this would have been definitely more geared for the 80s style kids that were on microcomputers, like that kind of gaming style, but for a Nintendo arcade machine like or a more arcade machine this would be I, I could see this not not jiving well with the typical kid playing video games and renting them from blockbuster yeah. or whatever you know what i mean like they'd be like well i don't know but it is cool. that's interesting you say that because it did actually get a conversion onto the nintendo arcade system oh um, interesting yeah yeah they they they, they created a coin-op version of it huh. um I, I don't know, I, I guess because Gravatar originally came out in the arcade, I guess the ki- that kind of game suits that yeah. platform, but I think this is more of an exploration game, so you know, you're probably going to get a lot more for your for your ten pence or your quarter um, than, than Gravatar or something like that. Um, but it's funny, because when I did play this game, it was before I've ever even heard of a Spectrum, nonetheless played a jetpack game. Yeah. And so it's funny looking back at it now, it's clearly thrust, but then when all of a sudden he became Jetman a second ago on the video. Yeah. And yeah. then that's it. That's when, when the ship blows up, you then get Jetman and he's got to then basically all he's got to do is his mission is to get back to the mothership to get into another ship. And I also saw him grab fuel and like hover over his base where it just kind of dropped vertically down over the base, which was also very jetpack. Yeah. So I'm starting to see some similarities now, which I've never would have put together before. Yeah. But, yeah, cool pick. Okay. Um, Eric. Yep. Speaking of good games. So the game I picked was my, as you know, or anyone who listens to the show knows, I'm not a big fan of puzzle games. I really don't like puzzle games. But this is the rare exception to that is Puzzle Bobble, or what is sometimes known as Bust a Move. Um, this and, is a yeah, ni- over here in America. It's Bust a Move. Yep, 1994 tile matching puzzle arcade game uh, by Taito. Um, this game came out in June 1994 in Japan, and in North America it was generally just uh, December 1994. Um, it 
This game is a spin-off of Bubble Bobble. Absolutely. Because it is Bub and Bob. Bob. <laughs> and uh, you really could just take them out of this game and it's still a game. Like, it doesn't need them in there, but they it, it is branded with them. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting, so it is, a, it, it is just a puzzle game where you load these... Uh, Bubbles, I guess, because it's bubble bobble yeah. bubbles. Yeah, and they're not, they're, they're not bobbles. Yeah, they're multicolored they're bubbles. bubbles. So you take a like you let's say red, and you shoot up into a play field of other bubbles. And when you match three or more, the bubbles pop and disappear. And the strategy comes in that if you can hit these bubbles in certain areas, you can basically cause the bubbles that are attached below them to fall as well yep so you're basically trying to maneuver your shots to cause as much as many bubbles as you can to fall and detach other bubbles and you're basically just trying to clear the bubbles and 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 clear the level and you move to the next level and a big a big aspect of the game is bouncing it off the walls to get Correct. And yeah. I think it's four or more, right? Is it four it's or three. more? It's three. It's three, right. It's three. Um, that's right. It's three. Um, what the, On the very first level, when you play this game, it shows you where your bubble's going to ricochet, so it's almost like a mini tutorial level. It's like a dotted line. Yeah. It's like a dotted line, but in, yeah. after the very first level, there is, there's no more help. And so you really need to know where you're timing your shots, and you can bounce bubbles off of the side to wedge them into like hard-to-reach locations. It's kind of hard to explain on like an audio podcast, but if you visually see this, you'll get it right away. It's an easy game to pick up and play, but a hard game to master. I mean, I played this the other day in preparation for this game, and I only got to like level 9 or 10, and then uh, it, it, it basically, the top starts to go down, like fall down as you progress. So you have to clear the bubbles in a certain time limit, really. It's an artificial yeah. time limit. There's yeah. no timer, but... It, it starts to collapse the play field, and you need to do it before it collapses on top of your guys I think it's at the actually, bottom. Actually, I think it's the number of shots you take. Yeah, it, that's After what like it is. After like 10 yep. shots, it'll, it'll drop. Yep. So there's an incentive to clear the bubbles as quickly or in, efficiently, I guess is the better term. Yeah. Efficiently as possible. Um, but this is one game, like when I load up my main machine, it's one of the first games I always load up. Like, I love this game. Brilliant game. Yeah. This has to be a top three puzzle game like tetris so like, isn't there um another another kind of like similar version of this is it a uh, puzzle dupon or something like that you're thinking panel dupon panel that's like that's and it. that's actually more like tetris there's a lot of games like this though i mean yeah, there's a like of, a, almost a puyo puyo type um that, yeah puyo puyo as well yeah yeah um there's a lot like modeled after this but for me this is always going to be the the og the original and if you remember we played uh, Puzzle Bob, or I think at that point it was Bust a Move, like four or something like that on uh, the Nintendo 64 four player. Yeah. And we did that, uh, I do a, few, that. a few years ago. I do remember that, yeah. And it was a blast watching everyone play on the. Uh, we had a projector displaying on the wall. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's right, for your birthday. Yep. For your birthday, yeah, we did play that. So, no, it's a great, it's a great game. I love it. It's a spinoff. So, that that is my second and last pick for me. So, nice. Cody, come on. Bring it home. I'm bringing it home. All right, this is the uh, this is my game that I said I want to play this game. So how do I play it? All right, let's do spinoffs. Yeah, okay. Because um, I've been wanting to try it. Yeah. 
So, you guys might have heard of a game called Ghosts and Goblins. I have. And you Once might have twice. And you might have known there's a sequel called Ghouls and Ghosts, or did I get that back? No, that was correct. I've cursed and, and I've cursed its name. And then you may have known uh, there's an annoying red demon character in there called Red I always say Armorer, but it's Arm Arm I'm gonna just say Red Armorer. Okay. It's spelt wrong. But you know what you know the yeah. guy I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. He's annoying, he flies around. Mm-hmm. You can either attack him or just run away from him. Yeah, I usually run away. He's he's annoying. Well, they spun off a game where you are Red Armorer. Okay. Except in America, they decided to call him Firebrand. And that game was called Gargoyle's Quest on the Game Boy. Okay. So they went from arcade game to Game Boy only exclusive spinoff with that character. And then the sequel to that game was called Gargoyle's Quest 2, exclusive to the NES. Okay. And then they made a third sequel of this spinoff called Demon's Crest on the Super Nintendo. And that's the game I picked. And you keep saying sequels, so that, that first of all, that has me worried, because you're violating your own <laughs> rules. You just said it's sequel, 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 but you didn't say spin-off, spin-off, spin-off. Now I'm worried. It's a, it's a sequel to the spin-off. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. I, I'll accept it. See? I'm leaving. You don't have to. It's fine. But no? I'm confident in my sequelality. <laughs> okay. Uh here we go. I got some gameplay up here. So you are Red Armor. This game takes full control of Mode 7. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it looks cool. It is definitely inspired by some of the gameplay of Ghouls and Ghosts, but it's, it is its own thing, and it is, it's pretty cool. So you start here. There you are. You are, you are Firebrand, as we call it here in the States. And oh, you start by I've played this. Attacking some yeah. large, large dragon here. Yeah. And then after you get past a few like kind of introductory tutorial levels, if you will, you kind of learn that you can jump, you can uh, float in the air. If you tap jump again, you'll just kind of float at that level. Uh, you, It's a side-scrolling platformer. Uh, kind of a kind of a Mega Man-esque thing, because you can shoot forward. Do you um, know what this, the look of this game reminds me of? Hmm. And that from that very first scene that we just saw on the video there with that big dragon type thing, it reminds me of Shadow of the Beast. Okay, but the gameplay is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. It kind of has that feel. It's got a like, yeah. kind of dark horror feel to it. Um, yeah. little, little cartoony. But I, not... I have played this, and I will say that I, I had to give up pretty quickly because it is tough. This is a tough game. Okay. To me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, so after you get past, you got. <laughs> apparently, it takes about ten minutes to end of the game to get to this point. But you get to the point, yeah. and you might not have gotten here, where you fight this first boss here. And when you b- beat the boss, that's when the game really starts. Okay. And once you get there, you get to this overworld, which is fully in mode seven. So you can see here, he flies up above this map, and you can go to these different areas. And there's areas like this, which are another level. There are areas that are like stores where you can turn in and grab more abilities. Uh, you unlock different. Um, I'm not. I'm going to call them suits. I don't know what you want to call them, but like right now, he's Firebrand. He can fly. He has wings, and he can throw fire. But you also get like the next guy I got with a stone guy that can throw these weapons on the ground that attack. Like they're like a long ground-based weapon attack, and they attack different characters. Um, there's a level I've played later on where the main enemy, the boss at the end of the level was a dragon that shot fire and your fire attacks do nothing against him so you have to find a different tool to attack him. Gotcha. Kind of Mega Man-esque. Yeah. Um, and then the, you even have, it's hard, I'm trying to find a spot here where you guys can see it. 
Uh, you can break these statues and stuff to break them open and get secrets and things, too. Um, in fact, I just saw it right there. Where was it? Boom. Here's a point later on in the game. Oops. Where um, you go into your pause menu, you can see these are all different fire powers he's unlocked at this point in the game. Yeah. These are all different crest powers, which are what you are as a uh, creature at that point. You have spells, you have potions, you have talismans, and these are all things you can do to level up your character, if you will, and gold that you can spend in stores. So it's got some RPG elements in there as well, then. Yep. Level select abilities, RPG elements. Um, You can go into levels, gain coins, and come out of the levels. Um, You get special things by beating the levels and certain bosses, but you kind of got to do them in the right order, kind of Mega Man style. Otherwise, you won't have the right firepower for the right boss. It's pretty in-depth. I had no idea this was a spinoff of uh, Ghosts and Goblins, though. That's pretty crazy. I had no idea. I've played this game before. I know I have. And what's funny about Ghosts and Goblins is it really had, um, up until recently, it only had two games. It had Ghosts and Goblins and then Ghouls and Ghosts. That's right. And it just kept getting ported over and over and over again. Uh, Super Nintendo had one called Super Ghouls and Ghosts, which was basically Ghosts and Goblins and Ghouls and Ghosts mashed together. Right. And then up in the PSP area, they made a new one called, uh, I think it's Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins, which was the first, if you want to call that the third one or fourth one. Yeah. So there's just as many of these games as there are Ghosts and Goblins games. Gotcha. But cool. I got to play in it, and it's pretty fun. It is, like you said, it wasn't easy, but it was one of those things where you fail forward. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying my time with it. I like it. I've never, never played that one, so I'm going to have a look at that one. Because why not? Indeed. Uh, I'm going to stop sharing here. And gentlemen... Cody, never stop sharing, man. Never stop sharing. <laughs> that is six good games, and that is an episode of Pixel Guide N. All right. Yay. Are we proud of ourselves? I have to hit... Uh, oh, it's over. Oh, it's done for <laughs> another month. For another month. But... Uh, I'm sure Eric and I are going to try to get together and play some more games co-op. Absolutely. And, uh, Tim, we need to find something we can do online. We exactly, played with Doug. Yeah, we, do. we say that every month. <laughs> well, help us think of something. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, y'all. Okay. Any, anything, any last final words before we say adios to the people? I think we are good to go. That's a right episode. Eric is ready for bed. <laughs> ready for bed? Tim's ready to go to work. And I'm ready to edit some podcasts. You going to do that? <laughs> well, tonight. Well, right? I leave tomorrow. Oh, okay. So, I get to do it tonight. All right. <laughs> cool. All right, gentlemen. Well, all right. Until next month, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>